What's up, True Heel Heat? True Heel Heat. What's up? It's the hardcore legend Mick Foley wishing a nice day to everyone there, right there at True Heel Heat. Yeah! <laughs> it's another week, and you know what that means. In the year 2023, we're going to be either talking about Visit Man or CM Punk. Checks notes. It's CM Punk this week. CM Punk causing a whole bunch of drama, having a fallout with AEW, removed from the graphic for the announcement for AEW Collision. Plus, it was a great week in wrestling with AEW Dynamite. Uh, that Collision news is a steal going to be back in AEW? God only knows. Remember to bite your co-workers because that's the best way to get your job back. It's True Hill Heat. 226. Let's get to it. Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. We are live on the True Hill Heat YouTube and Facebook for True Hill Heat 226. And yes, we are here to discuss some CM Punk news. And this week's title is Punk Steel Breaking Point. Yes, love these titles. Discussing the latest wrestling news, including CM Punk and AEW having a falling out over Ace Steel status with the company. AEW Collision announced in a proposed brand split. Recap of this week in wrestling with AEW Dynamite featuring the Elite becoming complete with the return of Hangman Adam Page, Rampage, WWE, SmackDown, Raw, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Best of Super Juniors, 30, or ROH TV, Impact on Access TV, the co-host match of the week, and predictions for Impact Under Siege. Of course, she is back after a week off the Roman Reigns of the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, Miss Chrissy Love. I was working, friends. That was not off. I was a chaperone. I still had to work. Like, that's not an easy task. Hello. Good morning, everybody. The chaperone is back. How is everyone? Happy Saturday. Do you have shitty weather in New York City? But hey, it's Saturday. Good morning. Missed you all. Yes, we're happy you're here with us, Miss Chrissy Love. And we got two special guests with us off the bat here. So happy to have uh, a new guest and a familiar guest joining us this morning here. First up, we got the good brother who came in last minute like the pitch hitter, and he's about to hit a home run. First time on the podcast. I think I asked him to be on here like a year ago. He is the Charlie's Angels of wrestling media because you can only hear his voice so he's great for the <laughs> podcast audio listeners he's a great writer over at bleacher report some amazing interviews as well with talent from all across the wrestling sphere and occasional a podcast guest like this one right here he is doc chris mueller thank you so much doc for joining us Welcome. wow thank you for that intro i uh <laughs> I, i'm not sure how to follow that that was so energetic <laughs> Try my best. I try my best. That's what I'm here for. And that's why our other guest came because he loves my introductions for him so, so much. <laughs> you hear him as the voice over at Fightful Select for the Weekender podcast, where the probably the most knowledgeable person when it comes to independent wrestling, co-host of the Spotlight on Fightful, and the Spinner Mason to my Jimmy Brooks, even though we probably didn't rank them high enough for him on our Degrassi friendship ranking. It is <laughs> Steven Jensen. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me back, y'all. Good to hear you again, Chris. Hope you're doing well, man. Um, uh, yeah. And and, uh, anyone who missed it, me, I mean, SP3 were just talking about Degrassi over on Fightful Overbooked, and he invited me on to jump on here uh, for a few minutes with y'all. So appreciate appreciate y'all having me on. Yes, appreciate you joining us, and we appreciate every appreciate everyone who is joining us in the live chat with us live, or even if you are watching us on demand. Remember to drop the thumbs up on the video, share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family on all your favorite social media platforms. If you're new to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button, hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here, and of course, sound off in the live chat. If you are feeling generous, you could send a super chat donation. That is the best way to have your comment highlighted on screen, even though we'll try to highlight as many comments as possible during the show. We got Oro uh, Supremacy saying, what's up? What's up, guys? We got the Negro Bug Nick Jackson, who was over in the live chat for our Degrassi uh, tier list uh, in the chat here saying, what's up, everyone? It's sun- it's Sunday morning somewhere. It's Saturday morning here. Uh, you know <laughs> what that means. Time for True Hill Heat, baby. He said, you're a busy man, SP3. Love the Degrassi do stream. Uh, you just had with Jensen. Yeah, go over and check that out. I think we did an excellent job. I I, I almost thought me and Jensen were going to get into an argument over Manny and uh, Emma's placement, but I'm glad <laughs> the rewatches no. helped. Yeah, no, we were our, our contention is really more so on like the later, like the season 14 friendships and stuff like yeah. that. But that that has nothing to do with anything anyone wants to hear about here, except for maybe a few people here in the chat. But I was gonna not. say, Chrissy, do you know anything about what they're talking about? Because I am in the dark here. No, yeah, I, I, you see, I don't, pay, I don't answer, I don't pay attention. You'll notice that um, when those things yeah. happen, I just let them just speak, and then I speak when I need to speak. Yeah, I, it's funny because we're getting like drossy comments here. The people, Manny and Emma are number one. I've mean, never anyway, watched not one episode, and yeah. SP is always like, "Are you kidding me?" And oh, I know that Drake was on there allegedly. I was just gonna say that's the show oh, yeah. Drake got shot on, right? Yeah, it is. He was in, I know he was in a wheelchair, and yeah, that's it. Was. I wasn't watching Nickelodeon at that time, so I was. Yeah, literally all things. I know about that show. It was Sorry. it was Noggin the end, not yeah. Nickelodeon. Yeah, oh, Team okay, Nick. See? Yeah, Nick. there you team go. Nick. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I was a team Nick kid, but I didn't see that show. Sorry. I might be a little older than all of you based <laughs> on this conversation. Just a little bit. You're you're 16 at heart. It's okay. We're all 16 at heart, especially if you I'm about to say a big part of this is like I'm probably older than y'all think. I'm just super immature. So <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, that that also covers my game. So yeah. <laughs> Hey, I turned I turned thirty five this week, so so I I, I turned I turned thirty five on Monday, man. I, I feel you. you. We're all we're all in the same boat here, man. I, I turned forty in August, so you're all children to me. That's not true, friend. I'm right behind you. I just turned thirty nine last month, so yeah. There you go. Happy belated boat. birthday to you. Thank you, guys. You don't you don't look it though. Neither does. No, that's right. It's this it's crack. It's ain't cracking yet, so we still good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, we got uh, Negro Bucks still still showing us love for our stream. I, I love it. I love it. I appreciate that, man. Was and, it that frantic- good for us to go back and watch the Degrassi people? Like yes. Like- Yes, yeah, it really? it's 14 seasons. It's not going to 14 seasons. Yeah, we're 14 not, yeah. seasons. You could enjoy it for months, months on end. Man, even Saved by the Bell knew not to overstay its welcome oh. that long. Well, no. <laughs> New- hey, no, no, technically it did. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, it, it did because it had yeah. the college years. Then it had, like, when they got married. Then they had the movies. New and class. The, the new class. The new class. Yeah. The new class had more. 
The new class had more episodes than the original series did. We found that yeah. out when me and SP3 were, I mean, that was around forever. We don't even knew. Did anybody watch Hang Time? Yes, I love yeah. Hang Time. Wait, With Anthony, Anthony Anderson? Anderson? Yo! Oh, oh my God! I about that. <laughs> I remember there was some show called, I think, California Dreams. That they yeah, I watched that, yeah. too. Yeah. I watched that, too. Yeah. Now, see, now we can too. talk, SP. See, now that we can, we can talk, I can talk about a low show this, on this Saturday morning. This is basically morning. Hello? what we would have been watching, like, 25 years ago, all of us, uh, when at we were time. that age at this yeah. time. At the, literally, literally at this time. Because <laughs> Hang Time came on at 11. Yep. And city guys, don't forget C C I T Y. You can see why these guys, the new guys, <laughs> smartest street guys, C I T Y. You <laughs> come on, you don't know about that. Come on, y'all. Oh man, yeah. I'm see, we can do these night. Yeah, we could do these nineties um episodes. Real, it just flows off the tongue like it's nothing, friends. I was gonna say we started talking about salute your shorts. We might not get out of here. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. That old that old Nickelodeon lineup of like, hey, dude. Yes. Oh, yeah. shorts. My me brother and, and me. I, I, I think oh, we yeah. did a tier these... list off Nickelodeon shows. Oh, we have. I believe we have. I know we had the Sunday afternoon time. shows too. Like, when, okay, for me, like I was a church kid, so we came after church. We had got to watch like um the um Legends of the Hidden Tunnel. We had to watch Double yeah, Dare. Yeah. Oh, Temple, thank you. That you know what I meant. You're, you're, you're yeah. They just we brought that back. <laughs> they just See, brought that back. Did did they did they bring it back? And is it is. I was going to ask, is it kids or adults competing? I believe it's kids again. And like, it's the same, it's the same dude it. who did Olmec's voice in the original doing it again. Tom nice. Kenny, I think, right? Nice. Is Kirk oh, Fogg still the host? Oh, God, I'm not sure who the host is. Man, Kirk is. Fogg used to come down on that rope. He's so yeah. cool. <laughs> uh, all, I know, all I know is they better have told the new Temple Guards not to be so handsy with Yeah, that kids. was a little weird now when you there look back There are so it, many yeah. just cringy yeah kind of bad gross <laughs> clips out there oh jesus i never oh, thought jesus. about that but i mean well, yeah. I, that would that would have been i remember thinking it would have been terrifying for like a grown man like a pretty much a half naked grown dude in paint popping out of a wall i'm just like <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be terrified listen though like, like that that show was all well and good but we all wanted a piece of the aggro crag from guts right that, I mean, that's I, literally that, that, the top prize a, gl a glowing piece of the radical rock i yeah. almost bought one on ebay like 15 years ago <laughs> i was literally gonna bring up guts i was like i was like do you have it that was my show guts <sighs> i wanted to be on guts as a, i wanted to be on guts and double dare as a double dare oh yeah yeah, yeah. going there with like my mom or like my one of my my, my sibling and we would probably like not win but still like have a good time and get like slime it would be great yeah See what I was gonna say about like I think uh, Uncle Nicky Boy Bebop said, and I don't know if this is true or not. He said I think the new version of the show is with adults. What the only reason I asked oh. that is because like that's what they should do. Like mm -hmm. if they're gonna if they're gonna reboot these old shows, they should let people like our age who grew up watching it, who always wanted a glowing piece of the radical rock, to actually be able to do the aggro crag in our thirties. Oh my god! Like, Bring like back Nick Arcade. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, <laughs> Nick Arcade. Yeah. Well, I mean that's basically Twitch now. It's like real real time Nick right. Arcade. So like, but, <laughs> but if you but but no no get like this us in there playing in there playing again. cabinets. Yeah. Oh, dude, play, dude, I'm with you. That'd be. Remember Andy. watching that show as a kid and getting so mad at those kids for not being able to collect yes. 20 yes. rings in Sonic yep. the Hedgehog? Be like, yes. you, you were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you never you like, what's wrong with you? Like, they should have let me be on that show. I would have right? been so much better. I, I used to always say that. And we got uh, Nero Bugs saying, figure it out was great too. That was another yes. one. Summer Sanders, yeah. Go. Yes. 
Summer Sanders and Pete. Yes. Little Pete used to be always on that yes. show. Danny, yeah. Danny Tamborelli. Um, yes. Lori yes. Beth. Yes. Lori Beth was Lori always Beth. on that too. Lori yep. Beth. Dude, she made a random appearance on Workaholics like years really? ago. Oh my god, it was so she funny. Up in something else I saw too, and I didn't know who it was, but I I like there was that little hint of recognition. Then when I saw her name in the credits, I was like, holy shit. Dude, I remember yes. when she popped up on the latter seasons of Steve Harvey show. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, and she, it was yeah. funny. I, I can't remember exactly what she, they went up like part in work halls. They went up like partying with Lori Beth Denver somehow. And she's like smoking a J in like a hot tub with them. Like I got some vital information for y'all bitches. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> no. so funny. Yeah. I got to watch that now. Yeah. I'm watching that now. <laughs> Yes, Keenan oh. Kale was great. Yes. Oh, of course. Before we spend all of our time talking about 90s uh, shows with where we have Jensen, let's get into some actual. I don't want to talk about wrestling at all, man. <laughs> right. Wait, 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 wait. Do we have to talk about wrestling? Because it's yeah, been we're, very we're boring. Skip for me. over Pete and Pete. What the hell? Yeah. yeah. Dude, one of the best oh, theme songs. One of the best yes. theme songs ever. I'm gonna say, on television. When you live in Hey Sandy, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, don't, don't get me. Me and Jensen started on singing theme songs to shows because we'll be here all day. Um, but yeah. yes, uh, some sad news in the wrestling world before we get into everything. Uh, this week, uh, we lost one of the uh, one of the all-time greats when it comes to professional wrestling. Uh, superstar Billy Graham passed away this week. R.I.P. Right. to him. One of the most influential professional wrestlers of all time. Uh, definitely someone that inspired Scott Steiner, Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. TMZ confirmed that uh, he had passed away on Wednesday, uh, which was originally announced by Ric Flair on Twitter. Uh, Graham had been battling a series of serious health issues as of late, and his wife, uh, Valerie Coleman, had said earlier this week that doctors wanted to take him off life support, but she had refused. He was 59 years old, one of the more legendary men in the wrestling business known for his uh, physique and his ability to cut promos really inspired by Muhammad Ali and the way he talked kind of inspired so many different uh, you know professional wrestlers in history he had memorable feuds with Vern Gagne the crusher the bruiser Wuha McDaniel uh, Billy Robinson Ivan Koloff and Graham uh, eventually took a hiatus from professional wrestling and joined the AWA in uh, 1974 he went on tour to Japan, and then he formed a tag team with a very early in his career, Dusty Rhodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, He would eventually exit the AWA and join NWA in 1975, which he had a stint in Mid-Atlantic promotion, where he worked uh, while Ric Flair was recovering from the plane crash, and he joined the WWE Hall of Fame in 2004, and WWE had a beautiful video package documenting his career, his influence, and legacy on last night's uh, SmackDown. Any words from any of you, Chrissy, Jensen, uh, Doc, on superstar Billy Graham, maybe like a little bit before our time, unless you're Doc, because Doc is like, he says he's 40, but he's been living longer than all of us combined, <laughs> apparently. Doc, we'll start with you. Any any comments on the passing of superstar Billy Graham here? I mean, my familiarity with him is only through, you know, old clips. I never got to really watch much of him live. Like, I remember him showing up occasionally in WWE after he had retired, like they all do. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I know that a lot of people will claim, like, you know, Hogan basically stole his whole gimmick. Like, he he really was that influential. And I do know that 
he is one of the people who uh, Stu Hart trained. So, mm-hmm. you know, he was a legitimate wrestler. He wasn't just the entertainment guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, in the same, I'm in the same kind of boat where like, you know, a little too young to have seen his like active career, obviously very familiar with who he is. Um, and the the influence is definitely there. I mean, there's a lot of just a, a lot of trickle down there from like he inspired a lot of people who inspired a lot of people. And then like a lot of people we're seeing today, whether it's it's not always going to be as blatantly obvious as like a Scott Steiner who obviously took like that exact look. Um, but even just little things where when you think about it down the line, I said this on the spotlight, even something where someone who doesn't look like Billy Graham, uh, uh, Ric Flair, you know, he's both, you know, obviously very highly said that Billy Graham, a big influence on him. Then you got someone like Ric Flair who, you know, goes on to influence Shawn Michaels, who is on to influence Mm -hmm. Dolph Ziggler, who goes on to influence, Mm -hmm. you know, current generation, you know, it's just like, so I, I think that he, and I also think it's one of those things that it's important that. Um, I think I, I'm just assuming this, but I think for wrestlers, um, they're probably when they when they pass away, the legacy they want to leave, they probably want like their close friends, family, whoever like is important to them in the wrestling world. Like they probably mm-hmm. want those. They want, want the respect from those two places the most, like their loved ones. And what do the wrestling fans think of me? What you know before I die? Basically, what's my legacy to them? And he left a positive legacy that that was really influential on a lot of people. So like. You know, he made it to like 80 years old coming from a generation where those dudes were going super hard every day of the year. You know, I, it, it sucks that, you know, he, he suffered, you know, towards the end of his life. But, you know, it, he, he had he had a, an 80 year life in a, in a really hard business and then came out of it as, as a legend that people were speaking positively about. So that, that's a giant win as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and he was a, definitely like an advocate later on in his uh, years. This was another thing that I uh, kind of like heard about him uh, various throughout the years. So definitely an influential star. So sorry for his loss. Our condolences out to his family. And Praying the same to yeah. legendary football player Jim Brown that we all lost yes. this week as well. Yeah. UFC one commentator who did a really <laughs> good job. Like when one had no MMA background and killed it that night. And which was really important for the UFC, like to, yeah, for show, you know, that could go so many different ways. That show goes bad. Maybe just one bad commentator, making everything sound stupid. Maybe you never see that UFC ever again after one show. So, I mean, he, he killed it that night. That doesn't get enough credit probably. Cause he's known for so much other stuff, but like, I always remember when I think Jim Brown, I always think obviously like football and broadcasting mm-hmm. and all that, but I, but I think UFC won. You know, it's, it's important to that. Very true. Very true. But we are here to uplift you guys, you know, pray our condolences to the past, but let's have some fun talking about professional wrestling. And we want to thank everyone who supports us on social media, our true heel roll call. That's how we start off every episode of the true Hill heat flagship podcast, our top three conversation starters on the true Hills group page on Facebook. You got Neil Benedict, number two, Stewie Palmer and number one, ALW Alan Weinstein, our Patreon. On backers is Alan Weinstein, Nick Jackson, Alex McCarthy, Valo B, Professor Chris, Austin K, you my boy blue, Robert, Steve, Antoine, fifth generation Carney, Ladarius John, aka WrestleScopes, Dan, Kobe, Queen Monet, Dolores, John Martin, DJ Eric, Beep Boop, Marcus, Justin, Jennifer, Alan, and Caden Lee uh, just joined our Patreons. Thank you right. to everyone supporting us at, at, at patreon.com forward slash true hill heat. But let's get into what we missed 
miss from this past week. And we'll start things off with AEW Dynamite. Dynamite this week, slightly down from last week's rating, 814,000 viewers. But the show was a stacked one with a lot going on on the show throughout the two hours. The show featured Don Callis trying to explain his betrayal of Kenny Omega before Omega interrupted, which led to the Blackpool Combat Club jumping Omega from behind before the Young Bucks came out. And then the returning Hangman Adam Page as the uh, the OG members of the Elite reunited in a brawl with the Blackpool Combat Club and Hangman Adam Page finally confirmed his reunion with the Elite, challenging the Blackpool Combat Club for anarchy in the arena at AEW Double or Nothing. Passionate <laughs> promo from Hangman Adam Page and an excellent way to close off the show. You also had uh, the three challengers in the Four Pillars match at Double or Nothing were all featured as Darby Allen uh, teaming with uh, AEW International Champion Orange Cassidy got a win over Lee Moriarty and Big Bill in the opening contest. You also had Sammy Guevara beat Exodus Prime, the best name for a jobber ever. In 19 seconds, he then cut a babyface promo for some reason uh, yes. for his home state fans and showed respect to Darby Allen in a backstage segment. This led to Jungle Boy Jack Perry then defeating Roosh in a good matchup that was completely one-sided as Roosh yes. kind of dominated mm -hmm. uh, Jungle Boy before Jungle Boy got the win with a handful of tights before LFI jumped Jungle Boy, leading to Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara making the save for Jungle Boy and all three challengers on the same page ahead of Double or Nothing. You also had in the women's division Tony Storm and Ruby Soho beat Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida in a good bout as Tony Storm set herself up to challenge Jamie Hayter for the AEW Women's World Championship. You had uh, Ricky Starks get disqualified in his matchup against Jay White. Really damn good matchup though mm -hmm. before the DQ finish, mm -hmm. Christian Cage and Luchasaurus beat down Wardlow with a ladder after the TNT champion called Christian out to set up a ladder match at AEW Double or Nothing. And then finally, Roderick Strong defeated Chris Jericho in a wild, tremendous mm -hmm. Falls Count Anywhere match after Adam Cole uh, appeared outside of the building to beat down Jericho to help Strong get the win in his first singles match in AEW. We'll start with you, Doc. What was your kind of your highlight from this week's dynamite oh man you just ran down everything like excalibur there for a second yeah um, I, i'm getting used to this i'm getting used to this uh, i that's why i'm able to always get how many matches excalibur goes through on my on the true twitter is because i speak excalibur um i was i was very upset that jamie hater was injured so we didn't get we didn't get that because um, I'm like a big Jamie hater, Mark. But uh, I thought everything with Sammy this week was re done really well because I don't think this was a babyface turn for him. I think it's just them making sure the crowd wants him to win more than MJF come the pay-per-view. I, I think he'll be right back to being a heel, even possibly during the match. But, you know, having the three of them sort of appear united against MJF gives that perception that MJF is fighting an uphill battle. And then, he'll, you know, I'm sure he'll probably retain. But um, beyond that, I did really like <laughs> Roosh just trying to murder Jack Perry on live television. That was fun. 
I just thought I just thought like I thought Jack uh, Jack Perry was uh, gonna get a comeback before he got the sneaky win. Yeah. That's why I felt like it was it, it didn't. I, I I felt like they were kind of shoving the whole Sammy Guevara babyface thing down our throat on this show, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. But I think Jungle Boy had a worse week because that was just so one-sided. That was not a showcase for Jungle Boy at all, in my opinion. But Jensen, what did you think about Dynamite this week? What was your highlight? <clears throat> I thought the show was great. I, I thought from top to bottom, it was a really great episode of Dynamite. Um, probably my my biggest thing would be um, would be the Hangman return. Like I think that that was done perfectly. Um, I could kind of, I mean, this is a nitpick, but I can go without the eye patch only because like we've seen it in AEW <laughs> right, like, a bunch yeah. of times. It is kind of, I don't feel like they're overdoing the eye patch, but like at the same time, like it makes sense for the story that they're doing. Like I, I, I get it. I legit um, thought it was Rocky Romero for half a oh, second. Oh when he came out. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> um, but um, but once again, that's just a nitpick, you know. Like as far as like the actual presentation of all this i thought it was done really well uh with um you know don Callis came out and he's explaining kind of you know he's always really starting to explain why he turned on kenny he's trying to put it on kenny like it's mm-hmm. kenny's fault all this has happened and I, as i was watching that i was thinking like damn is this gonna be the end of the show is this gonna be like don Callis just like explaining yeah. something we kind of already know to more or less and then Kenny came out and then like, you know, it's like a one on th- a one on four battle basically with him and the Blackpool combat club. And then, you know, the young bucks come out they're They're hurt. They've got weapons like to try to even the score. And then commentary mentions it. They're like three versus four. What are they going to do? Like, it's still three on four. No matter if yeah, the young bucks are hurt, Kenny's hurt. And it's still three on four. <laughs> and something that I think AEW has done great with since the beginning of the company just starting is there's a lot of moments that you can tie into Mm-hmm. hangman's music hitting and him entering the arena i think that's like it's yeah. like a staple of like AEW programming almost where it's like you're ex- like I, I i'm very bad at like mimicking sounds and stuff like that but when you hear that little like like the whole mood changes because like you know hangman's gonna show up and then you see like the graphic like the horse and you're just like and like it just there's been a lot of moments in AEW that i can tie to like that happening the fans going crazy um and uh, and yeah, I think I mean we we've been obviously building towards this, and we're gonna get the elite versus Blackpool now. And one thing about this story that I think needs to obviously be in everyone's back of their minds is I think Takeshita is gonna be like the I think he's gonna wind up turning to be honest. I think he's going to side with Blackpool, and he's gonna be the reason that they win at the pay per view is my is my guess. But it makes for such interesting stories, and it's technically a story that's been running since before AEW even was a thought you know this story's technically been going with these guys mm-hmm, so like mm-hmm. um i think it's really cool and there's been enough time that's passed where like the lead haven't been together that like it makes sense to bring them together now and the fans really want it and it makes it just makes sense so um and they are the heart soul and spirit of the company like they said it's weird not having them around and together um so yeah i'm, I'm I'll, that, that'd be my highlight would be the hangman return and you know reuniting with the elite yeah, I agree with you. That got me off my seat. I was like, thank you, Tony Khan, for my birthday. I got the re- <laughs> reunion. Ibushi, I could see Ibushi. Like, if Ibushi comes in and sides with the Elite, then then I would definitely have Takeshita with Blackpool, and that makes perfect sense think, where you have the five-on-five. Five. I think you're on the money. I think Takeshita returns at double or nothing, and that's how Blackpool Combat Club gets the win. And then win, yeah, they have another one. Five versus four yeah. for Blood and Guts, and then that's when Ibushi comes in to even the odds. That's I, um, I, I'm with you. Chrissy Love, what about you? Your highlight from this week's Dynamite? 
Um, definitely the ending of the show was fantastic. Um, I think they have prolonged it and like it wasn't hasn't been stretched out too long, but it's still like still a long story of like back layers that are being pulled back now. And it's been shown and given great delivery so far to lead up to the pay-per-view for next week because you needed something to like spark it up a little bit more. It was like, okay, yeah, we got a good pay-per-view coming, but now this has added on to it to make it a, a probably a great pay-per-view to take over as one of the things that will be like the highlights of the show. Um, uh, as far as Dynamite, um, yeah, I'm not sure about Sammy Guevara. I'm, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's definitely not winning, but um, the whole like gist of like back and forth is like, okay, let's keep it consistent with him. It's like, I know you want to like push him out there to like be in the forefront, but it's like, okay, you don't need Ty to come out with him all the time either. I feel like that kind of like dumbs it down where he comes out and brings her with her when she's her own thing, like let her wrestle and like be her own individual self. I know that they are a couple. Do the whole um, thing like how you guys do with with Adam Cole and um, Britt. Like they, you see Britt coming out every time he has a match? No, like you don't have to like push her onto him and then they gotta like do this God awful kissing. It just ugh, makes me wanna puke. But you know, like it's like, we don't need and he also need... is a part of a group that is led no, by the top never... heel. So they didn't they didn't do the proper steps before we got to this week. Like but, they're, right. but they were in like they're like in his hometown basically, right? They're like that was yeah. like a big part of that was but they were I would be I get that. I, I'm I would be with fine that. with it if it was just this week, but it really started last week when they yeah. did that vignette. Yeah. When yeah. they did the vignette for True. Sammy and they presented him as a babyface then, and I was like, "Well, that was weird." Mm -hmm. And then they mm -hmm. did it this week. Mm -hmm. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm with I'm with Chris though. Like I, I think Chris is right on the money though. As far as like, I think this is all being presented so that it looks more just like an uphill battle for MJF. Like it's we just feel, it feels more likely when it's like three good guys versus one bad one guy. Bad the bad guy is not going right. to be the yeah. Um, that's what I think they're really going for. I could see them going right back to Sammy as a heel. Or if they want to go with him as a baby face, if they, if they want to attempt it, he's an unlikable guy for a lot of reasons. I get that. But like, he is very good in the ring. Like you, there is a way to make him a, an effective baby face if they do it right. But, um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I mean, I, I'm expecting MJF to retain just for the record. Like I think of either course, way MJF's yeah. leaving. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and lastly, um, I'm so confused on Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal and that whole like debacle of like, what's, What's the whole dynamic of like, what are we supposed to be getting? I'm confused on all it's of it. It's the greatest thing ever. It's the greatest. Really? Thing. I, I'm a fan, I'm a fan of Jeff Jarrett in 2023. Ever since the chicken farm segment, chicken farm segment, <laughs> I jumped on the bandwagon. I'm on but the, no, but I'm the like... bandwagon, but I'm working my way up. And the fact that Karen Jarrett is back and joining this nonsense, oh, right? Man. Because it's all like a shit Karen... show of like things like happening. I'm like, okay, so are we supposed to like laugh at this or like take this serious? That's why I'm like, what's like, what if I, I'm my feelings are confused because I'm like, yes, we had a great segment. What two weeks ago was the chicken segment or whatever, which was uh, the farm. No, it wasn't chicken, the farm episode, the farm where they said, um, whatever, fine, chicken farm. <laughs> they were at his house and I'm like, they're helping and they had the baby. That was a great vignette. Like, okay, now what? Like, okay, now and then homeboy pulls off this beautiful suit and then, like, okay, now you want to, like, okay, I don't know. Like, I, I'm so confused. <laughs> I'm lost. Santa Singh took a perfect, a perfect table bump on the show. That's all. That I was nice. How I, that was smart too. FTR just like ran out and like took him out of the picture before they got in that fight. Um, 
No, I get what you're saying though, Chrissy. Like it's it's kind of a weird like that whole group is just like kind of strange. Like when you look at them, it's like this oh seems like a random pairing of like a bunch of these people that kind of don't that need, yeah. seem like yeah. they're like really fit all together for whatever reason. I, I get I get it, but like um I do I do think Satin saying I'm gonna be honest, like if this guy can like wrestle at all long term, he might be something. You really like I I, yeah. I honestly get in I get invested in guys like Satin seeing and Omos and stuff. I honestly do because to be that big and to be yes. even that yes. athletic is yes. special. Yes. Like, you know, they're not he's not gonna be a Rey Mysterio. No one's expecting no, him to be no. but like if you can just move even a little bit and just do the stuff you do really well. You can have a great career being that size. I mean, and he's not uh, knock kneed like most of them are usually. Like right. you know, like right. He's well, like, he, he was a professional basketball player. Right. Like he he's an athlete. Yeah, he's right. an, yeah. So when I I got to interview Jeff and he put Satinum over big time. I could believe that. I love I that. Could believe that. Like he he went out of his way to be like people are going to be amazed when this guy lets loose because he's, he's so, nice. so much more. I mean, I did. Yeah, yeah. He, he's so yeah. nice. I met him and. He's like very like a big almost. Uh, and I shouldn't say that. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> She's yeah. like, I'm not gonna pull back the curtain too much. No, <laughs> Jeff got he's really. Very, he's very nice, and he him. and I can believe that Jeff like would put him on because I was like, because they like they treat like he like he's like an athlete like everyone else like and again like he, for a guy his size he doesn't have like he's not knock kneed or whatever like he's not like Big Show all of them where they're like they. They couldn't really walk like he like perfectly fine. Like he's really like really like in good good shape. It's it's wild seeing like what who's that NBA player that's about to come out of the draft that's like seven plus but like runs around like Niyama. Yeah, I mean like that's the future of like everything. We're gonna get more and more people like that over time where it's just gonna be like people that can move like that but are seven feet plus is like that's it's it's actually really exciting to think about like i i want to see some like superhuman stuff you know we like we've we've we've, like we've gotten rid of like the steroids on a lot of stuff and i get that but like there is some part of me that's like i want to see like freaks like going at it like like like, every now and then like listen i yeah like dude bronson reed's a good example that guy's humongous and he moves around better Mm -hmm. than i can and i'm Mm -hmm. you know 511 Mm -hmm. you know 180 or whatever like I, i i it's 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 super impressive to see like kind of this next evolution of like the big man, like potentially coming. Yes. Like yeah. honestly, I agree. They, they should have let him do it because Bray Wyatt is that kind of athlete. Like he was running right. a four, four 40 in college at that size. He was poor Bray like, right now. We can't even. Yeah. Poor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like what? There was that match where, a Satnam Singh caught somebody. Was it like Phoenix or someone like jumped off like a ladder off a stage and he, he like, caught him? Yeah, he caught, caught him. In, yeah, him. yes, yes. And I was like, that's a lot of trust to put in a dude to yeah. make that catch. And he he nailed it. You know, <laughs> just like leaving little things like that to me, like go a long way where it's like he's 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 nailing the spots he needs to nail. Um, and like money down the line, dude. But think about like five years from now, if like Omos and Satnam were in the same company, like if <gasps> and, and they were actually good. You know yes. what I mean? Like something like something like that's just like put them together. Because like, listen, like I watch ton of indie wrestling. Like most of the wrestlers I watch are like my size or whatever. Like, and I love wrestling. Like Adam Cole's one of my favorites. He's like my size. Like I'm, you know, I'm not. But every now and then, it's just like I like seeing these. He's showing me something different, man. If it, if it's out there, I want to I want to see it. A giant, um, well, a giant can always draw in pro wrestling if they can do the job. Like exactly. Like the way the reason Big Show was around and as successful as he was is because for years he was a really great athlete. Like all that WCW stuff was amazing, 
And actually, after he went off and failed at being a boxer and came back and was in like the best shape of his life, he had a really good run there after all the Floyd Bull stuff was done. Sure. <laughs> but, but yeah, like there's a lot of giants who've come and gone over the years who've actually been like very good that go underrated. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's where I'm kind of coming from is like, that's why I think guys like Omos and Saturn need to be like treated right. Like in like the fans yeah. need to be like be, behind like, them. Yeah. Right. Like, and like not be so harsh sometimes on some of these guys, because for every, I mean, for every one Omos or Saturn we come across, it feels like we get like 20, like great colleague or like, like mm-hmm. giant yeah. thing type where like just the coordination isn't quite there. Like a Sean Bradley type basketball player. Like you got the height, like you're going to be good because you're tall to right. a degree, but like, <laughs> but you, but you don't move like an athlete, like mm-hmm. you've got to yeah. move like athletes. And it's, uh, it's about patience. Cause all the guys you named like big show and like big show, big show, I think is like an exception to the rule because right. you saw how good and athletic he could be really early right. on in his, yes. in his career. Well, but Bain, by... undertaker, it took them yeah. years to get that. Good. Yes. Well, yes. And, yes. And big show got, <clears throat> I'm not saying this is good or bad, but he did get stifled by Hogan because Hogan started <laughs> telling him, stop doing moonsaults, stop doing drop kicks. Like, I'm over here doing a, a leg drop, brother. Like you got to not be jumping <laughs> off the top rope. You know what I mean? That um, that is one of those holy grail pieces of lost footage. Is supposedly there is a clip out there of him at the power plant doing a moonsault. Yeah, I've heard about that. And it's it's yeah. like the Tom McGee match for all right. those years where nobody could find it, and then all of a sudden somebody was like, "Hey guys, we have it." There are clips <laughs> out there, I believe, though, of him doing top rope missile drop kicks. I yes. remember. Yes. I think he did. I think he did one in WCW. Uh, yeah, that's, that's he right. did it. That's, he did yeah. it on Nitro. He did like, it on yeah. Nitro. Like, I think when he was playing, he was versing. Um, um it was after guys. he left the NWO, right? Loch Ness. I think when so. he no, yeah, no, I think it was before. I think it was when he was still a part of Dungeon <laughs> oh, of Doom. He did it Wait. against like Loch Ness. Oh um, God, Loch yeah. Ness. <laughs> this would have been like 1995. We're talking about. Yeah. 1995, yeah. 1996, early yeah. 96, before NWO. Anyway, yeah. this conversation gotten very. Uh, I know it, it, but, went, it but went left. I'm glad, I'm, glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad. I was going to say, we can talk about Haystacks Calhoun if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> Loch Ness. Let's talk about the big news from the week from All Elite Wrestling as they made their major announcement on their new show. All Elite Wrestling officially announced their new show, AEW Collision, prior to the expected reveal at the Warner Brothers TV upfronts. Uh, the show will launch on June 17th. It will include talent like Miro, Thunder Rosa, Powerhouse Hobbs, Andrade El Idio, uh, Samoa Joe, and others. The poster right here features MJF, Samoa Joe, Thunder Rosa, Powerhouse Hobbs, Orange Cassidy, Andrade, FTR, Miro, and the House of Black. Meanwhile, there's another graphic that had Scorpio Sky, Brian Danielson, Hangman Adam Page, and Jungle Boy Jack Prairie. On Thursday's Wrestling Observer Radio, uh, uh, they reported that several of the names were selected due to their positive working relationship with the intended star CM Punk. As noted, Punk was rumored to be announced with the show, but was not featured earlier in the uh, Wrestling Observer episode. 
Uh, Meltzer noted that Punk was indeed intended to be part of the TV upfronts before something happened to disrupt that, which we'll get into. It was noted that Powerhouse Hobbs in particular is meant to be one of the stars of the show. Hobbs, along with FTR, were earmarked for the show due to being friends with CM Punk. Samoa Joe was also set for the show and was meant to be Punk's first opponent back. Uh, and Meltzer said that Collision was very much intended to be the CM Punk show. And Punk may have also asked for Andrade to be part of it. It was said that everyone who has heat or had problems with other people were planned for the show. It was noted that both Andrade and Thunder Rosa are still out due to injury. Rosa is dealing with a bad back while Andrade recently had surgery to repair a torn pectoral that he suffered at All Out last year. The first cities that uh, will host AEW Collision were revealed on Dynamite. Uh, they're going to be at uh, on June 24th in Toronto. Thursday, June 29th is a special taped episode in Hamilton, Ontario. Saturday, July 8th in Regina. They also have uh, Calgary. There'll be Calgary Stampede on uh, Saturday, July 15th. And Saturday, July 22nd, they'll be back in the United States in Newark, New Jersey. So all of those were announced except for the location for the first episode, which was supposedly reportedly supposed to be the United Center. But that has all to do with a certain CM Punk, who is notable for his absence from the announcement. It was previously rumored that Punk was a major part of the show, so much so that Warner Brother Warner Media was asking for Punk to be part of the program. The debut collision event is also expected to be at the United Center in Chicago, Illinois, one month from now, with the event being titled The Second Coming. But Fightful Select had an update on that announcement, not having any information regarding CM Punk. First up, it should be noted that the email Warner Media uh, for the press release announcing Collision did name CM Punk. Also, images have surfaced of a press site link to the press uh, release, including Punk's name, as well as on social media, per SI Media's Jimmy Trenane and WrestleNomics' Brandon Thurston. The images uh, show the cached listing of the press release, originally mentioning CM Punk along with other wrestlers, and it was later edited by Warner, Bro Warner Brothers discovery uh, due to uh, a falling out that went down and Warner Brothers re representative put out a note saying that CM Punk is not affiliated with TNT's AEW collision. However, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter reported that there were those in Warner Brothers media who didn't think the company should have commented on the matter and the belief is that WBD should have stayed out of it if uh, let things work out naturally. People in the company hoped that it would blow over like previous issues with CM Punk they were made um, aware of. And then a report came out by FIFO Select, which detailed everything that went down between CM Punk and AEW, which centers on the status of Ace Steel. According to the report, Chris Jericho mentioned during his meeting with Punk a couple of weeks back that there was a possibility of Steel returning in some capacity, with the belief that being that everyone working together could relieve some tensions between the various sides and show everyone was willing to do business with one another. The site adds that during a meeting with AEW and Punk this week, AEW said to Punk that Steel would be able to return and work directly with Punk. However, it was made clear 
clear that Steele would not be able to be at TV tapings. Punk disagreed with that decision, though the report stresses that there's no word on how Punk specifically reacted other than the notion that he didn't agree. There is not yet word on whether this is related to Punk not being revealed during the AEW collision announcement, nor whether it was anything to do with the statement they made uh, that Punk is not affiliated with AEW collision. It is also noted that Punk ideally did not want his return announced via Warner Brothers Discovery press release. While it, he was obviously removed from the press release, Fightful has not received word as to why. The report additionally notes that there were plans for AEW crew to film content at Punk's home on Wednesday, but there's no word on whether it happened. And as of now, there has not been word of a change in Punk's status with AEW or return plans. PW Insider reports that Impact Wrestling sources noted uh, on Wednesday that they had interest in bringing Steel in for a tryout, but it was passed on uh, several weeks ago, and the and the belief at Impact was the refusal meant that Steel was headed to AEW or WWE. And then Dave Meltzer on Thursday's Wrestling Observer Radio confirmed that Punk was intended to be part of the collision announcement at the Warner Brothers Upfronts. The plan was for Punk to be at the presentation, and he would be featured in the graphic as well. On Tuesday, WBD was told to remove Punk from the graphic and press release, and the reason why he was removed is unclear at this point, but Melter said a situation that happened was due to that. He noted that the story from PW Insider was said it had to do with a potential return to AEW for a steal is pretty close, and that the article stated that Steel was at one point set to return with Punk behind the scenes. However, it was later decided that Steel would not work the collision tapings, something that Punk disagreed agreed with and Punk allegedly demanded that Steel return but Tony Khan did not want him back and Punk has reportedly told that Steel could work in AEW but could not actually be at present at the tapings and this led to Punk walking. There's a little bit more about this but I wanted to get uh, Jensen thought on this part of the story with A Steel kind of being the breaking point between CM Punk and AEW having this falling out, and what do you think this could mean to the future of AEW, especially with this new show, AEW Collision, kind of being centered around Punk being the centerpiece to this whole thing? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, I I talked a lot about this on Thursday on the Spotlight with Jeremy, um, if you want like deeper dive on that, because I don't have like the best opinion of CM Punk, like I, I don't like him very much, just straight up, I'll just keep it real, like I just don't really like Bill Brooks that much. Um, but I understand that he's a draw in wrestling and he has a ride or die fan base. And like, I get it. Like I, I get why there are fans who want him back, but I'm just not one of them. Like I'm just over it. Um, I don't think he's important or valuable enough at this point to deal with all of this. And I think if the straw that breaks the Campbell's back is, um, is a steal, then like, I mean, think about it. If I already don't think CM Punk's important enough to deal with all this, I, I, they should, they still shouldn't even be a part of the conversation. Dude, you, yeah, in a, in a fight between grown men, you threw a chair and bit somebody. Like, you're done. And the fact that we're even talking about any of this is kind of hilarious because, like, in any other actual real job ever, if you just got in, like, any... If you did... If you even... If you even say the stuff you do about your boss the way that, like, CM Punk did, like, you're risking your job just with just the way you're talking about your your EVPs and your boss and all that stuff. You're, you're already riding a fine line and risking it on that alone. And then once you get into the, the territory of fist fighting people, allegedly, um, and then once again, you could even look at it as, okay, maybe 
because the other side of this obviously is Tony Khan is a lifelong wrestling mark. That's why I love him so much. Why I love a, bar, a big reason why I love AEW so much. I love that there's one of us running a wrestling company and it's as successful as AEW is. I think it's awesome. I've always wanted to see something like this, but the problems that come with that are he is a wrestling mark and he's a CM Punk mark. And like, but where I see it from is like, y'all wanted CM Punk day one and he had no interest until y'all were established and successful. And then you gave him the world, you gave him the championship, you did all these things and he still wound up being the same old Phil Brooks that we've known about since the early 2000s. who still has fallings out. He still can't get, there are certain people he still can't get along with that he's no, that, that they had fallings out 20 years ago. You know, they still don't want to work with them. Like, you know, and that there, there's a lot of, it's just one of these things, like half the fan base seems to not like him anymore. Half the locker room seems to not like him anymore. The EVPs apparently don't really want to work with them. Like, I mean, and so it just, it's one of the things, how much value does he actually bring to the table versus all the headaches? And once, and to answer your question, if it's, if it comes down to what's frustrating about this for someone like me, especially as you say, is that he, I'm reasonable enough to be like, listen, even though I don't really like the guy, bring him back. Like, it's going to be good television. It's going to be good storylines. Like, the matches were good. His actual run in AEW on screen was fantastic, especially the MJF feud. And I love the Darby stuff. I mean, it was a the, the Kingston stuff. Like, it was a great on-screen run. But he's super injury prone. He has these attitude problems. And even if AEW is going to say, like, okay, these are all facts. We don't even have to say anything. Like Jensen has just yeah. like answered every single thing. Like I'm just well, sitting here, just just like yeah. just great. Well, Andy is. <laughs> this is Andy's like 45 years old. This isn't like some cool like rebellious like 20 year old dude. Like this is just lame <laughs> when you're this old and you act like this still. Like you're making millions and millions of dollars and you have nowhere else to go because you can't go back to the WWE. You can't go back to the UFC. Don't even get me started on the UFC run. And. You know what I mean? It's like he was super unsuccessful outside of the WWE with everything, except for he was he was on I guess that that heel show or whatever on show whatever the 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 wrestling show was he was a part of. Uh, his comic books like never took off and stuff like all this other stuff he did like never really took off. So he's just like this disgruntled employee everywhere he goes, and I just don't know if like the juice is worth the squeeze with this guy at all anymore. Mm. Um, and once again, if they keep getting to the point where it's like, okay, we figured it all out. We're going to make a whole new show for you. We're going to go to Chicago for you. We're going to keep bending over backwards and bending over backwards and bending over backwards. And we're going to get you back. And every time it seems like it gets to the point of bringing him back, he goes on the internet and he burns bridges like a, like an image. I mean, like what, if, I don't know any 45 year olds just period that do that. You know, unless that, you know, it's just weird. So like, and once again, if that's the straw that breaks the camel's back, it's like, you're getting to this point where finally we're on the same page enough that mm-hmm. we're ready for you to return. All, we're all lined up. We're going to bring you into this meeting. You're going to do the upfronts. You're going to do all this stuff, whatever. You're the face and of then this, the, this, this, this show. And you after go, all this, we're going to still give you. We still give you. A- still, again. Right. And and then he has to come with. And this is where, this is the kind of stuff that pisses me off. And this is where Tony Khan needs to put his foot down, in my opinion. Because CM Punk knows the leverage he has. Because they keep yeah. bending over backwards for him. Mm-hmm. He knows he can keep getting away with this stuff. And they're doing it to the point of making new shows based around so him, him yeah. to, to get him back. So he's sitting there and he just now, now he's in negotiation mode again, going, okay, well now they're absolutely desperate. Cause now I've got them in a position where everyone's expecting me to be a me. part of the show. They feel like now they, they need, need me. me. Yes. I'm supposed to be the face of this whole thing. And mm-hmm. now, and everyone's expecting me to be the face of this whole yes. thing. Yes. And that's where I also am not super happy with guys like Dax Harwood, if I'm being honest, keeping these narratives out there, 
during this process because it keeps the fans going, okay, he's coming back. He's happy again. He's getting along with people. It gets people excited for him to come back. And now he, but he's just using it to negotiate. And and if you're going to get to the point of negotiation to where it's already, and then you just get to, well, you're going to bring my friend back, but like, that's not good enough for me. You're going to have to bring Mm -hmm. him all the way back. You're going to have to bring him back. So he's backstage with me now too. And they're going, we don't want to do that. And he's like, well, then I'm not going to be there. And it's like, and I'm, that's just me assuming kind of how that's how it went. And that's how it that, sounds. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's, and that's to me, if you're Tony Khan, you got to put your foot down and be like, you're done, dude. It's over. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. We, we, we've given you everything. Yeah. And you tried just all, yeah. at this point. Imagine if like Trevor Lawrence, like his quarterback for the Jaguars got up in a press conference and told him he was a moron, told all the GMs, the offensive coordinator, they're all idiots or they're, they're empty headed F words or whatever. And all this stuff went backstage, got in a fist fight with, with his bosses. And then they still figured out how to get him back. And the, and the point of contention was, well, my friend needs to be in the locker room with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I feel about it, dude. Like, I like whatever, if they're going to bring him back, I'm sure it's going to be good television, but I, I keep saying, just expect this to happen again. It's happening before he's even returned. You don't think it's going to happen again when he's back? It's very true. I, you, you spent nothing but facts there, Jensen. Thank you uh, for for saying a lot of our what yes, a lot of our thoughts good, are yep. on this. Mm-hmm. Well, the other part of it is I'm not intimidated by CM Punk. Yeah, like mm-hmm. he knows I don't like him. <laughs> I, I, I say, uh, like, like I'm not like I'm not sitting here trying to like I would never want to actually fight. What a way to say like fuck that. you. Love well, it. no, I'm just saying like the guy is no. I know he knows who I am. He knew who I was back when I worked for MMA on Point because he was blocking us then when I was doing videos about how bad of a fighter he was. So oh, like, no. yeah. So so it's one of those things where like I'm just I just I just don't have any time for it. It's one of those things where the mystique is gone when you go into the UFC and you get beat up by a photographer who's the second worst fighter of all time. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I'm sorry. It just not, it, it just not, the aura is gone. He's just a dude. He's just a dude to me. He's a dude who has a lot of fans, but he keeps losing fans. And he's, it just, I just had enough of it, honestly. I just don't, because once again, if they get rid of him, then what? He's just, he's going to be back in the same position he was in after the WWE, where he has nothing, he, he, he got nowhere to go. And he's going to be disgruntled, you know? And then he'll probably try to find his way back in again. Like, I, and time's time's ticking, dude. You're 45. Like, make your money, do your stories, get along with people on your way out, dude. But like, you yeah. can't do that for whatever reason. Make yeah. lemon out of lemonade, friend. You get more honey with bees. Dude, the amount of money they would make by doing them versus the elite, them versus him versus Ken. There's like, there's he there's doesn't so much get it. You like, can so, you you can make and like like you said, you're 45, dude. Like, you have but so much year. I mean, you I don't see you being yeah. like sting. But right, well. Let's just like let's just say facts. Like, sir, you have but so many years. Like you said, you're you're injury prone. Like you you don't you don't have the best body. So it's like okay, great. Let's do these little things while you still have time. Make all this money and set you up for you for life. Like, but I guess he doesn't give a yeah. shit about. When even if the lead don't want to work with them, which might be part of this, which I understand if they don't want to work with him. Guys right. like Jericho seem like they're willing to and stuff. Like he, like he's he would have stuff to do. He sounds like he wants to work with Samoa Joe. Like they're still buddy. That's the other thing with with Collision. All the names they mention on this thing are either disgruntled employees or friends of CM Punk. I mean, this was the <laughs> CM Punk and Friends show, and now he might not be a part of it. Yeah, it was the, the, he still can't be there. 
I, I called it the problematic playground. Uh, that's yeah. what AEW yeah. Religion is turning oh into. Uh, Doc, what do you think? I'm just about waiting for this? I'm just waiting for Chris to jump on and be like, "Steven, you're so wrong." You're like just like, you're like refuting, refute everything <laughs> I just said. That's why I right. I, we, that's I, 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 that's why I said I, I don't have to say anything. Like it's wait, is that your t-shirt? Like like the cash money? Uh, bill yeah, they make time? him say, "Oh, Cody Rose." Yeah. <laughs> I just in the background. that. Where did you get that from? Pro Wrestling Tees. I don't know if I it's mean, on okay. there anymore, but yeah, this is this is a real this is pro prowrestlingtees.com. Yo, that is fire. Oh my god. Thank you. Need, Doc, oh my, what do you shirt. think about this latest edition of the Punk and the Restless with uh Ace Steel kind of being a breaking point for Punk? And where do you think this is all gonna play out? And do you expect CM Punk to show up on the debut of Collision? I'm just tired. <laughs> I just like just fucking come back or go away. Thank you, dude. That's like, all I was saying. I just said it in a lot more words. Like the <laughs> the the phrase, you know, shit or get off the pot. Like make a decision. Let's do this. The train is leaving you. Like you're getting like, on. You're either gonna get on or you're gonna go. Like we're gonna bypass your stop. We keep passing you. Obviously, like, you really don't care. And what really sucks for Punk is the longer this goes on and the more his narrative is dominated by these kinds of things instead of his professional wrestling, Yes, it's going to ruin his legacy. Because yep. if he had never come back to AEW, mm-hmm. there'd still be this whole legion of fans that hold him up on this pedestal and some of those have been chipped away um i i like watching the guy perform i think he's a great storyteller i don't think he's so important to the brand of aew that they need to be rolling out the red carpet the way they have been i i i really hope for the sake of the business he comes back because punk on a spreadsheet is good for business right you know he's he's gonna push merch he's gonna sell tickets he's gonna be a good promo he's hopefully gonna put people over he put some people over during this run like you know he hasn't just come in and dominated the competition so i i I see a lot of value in him but I'm just tired, you know, I'm just, yeah, that's, it's, it's just, just the trade off, right? Like that's the whole yeah. thing is like, there's like, obviously there is value in CM Punk, but like, is the value in dealing with him worth potentially burning bridges with like people that don't want to deal with him? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, does this, is this a breaking point where like, if Punk comes back and then maybe guys like Kenny or the Young Bucks are like heavily considering, do we go to the WWE? Like if, they, if maybe he's not around, they're like, this is our company again. This feels like AEW, like. Like, we can do this. Let's take know. over. Well, like, yeah. Here's what's really funny to me. If you go back even 20 years, backstage fights happened all the time. Sure. Dudes yes. got over it within a week or two. Like, why Gosh. is this carrying on for nine months? I get it. Somebody got bit. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, suck think, it up and move on. I you know, like, the, the dog is fine. Sure. 
that's all that matters, right? Yes, Larry's okay. <laughs> and, and apparently Kenny saved, saved Larry according to the report. Kenny, so I, on, I, I've been like saying that. this for, for months on the show, Judson. Kenny did nothing wrong. Kenny's no. the that honestly, I when they said, "Oh, somebody from either side wants to just be done with it, just apologize and get through," I'm like, "That's Kenny Omega. That's obviously oh, yeah. Kenny oh, Omega." I, I can like hear him like, like you know how Kenny like will get like that really goofy kind of like with like, yeah. his eyes and like the screechy voice when he kind. I can see save the doggy, save the doggy. You know what I mean? Like I can see him like running towards the dog and like like pushing everyone else out of the way. He might have like hurt someone saving the dog. You know what I mean? Like shove someone out of the way to get to the dog. Um. But uh, but I, I think that uh, once again, I want to stress this: CM Punk's on-screen run in AEW is fantastic. I need yeah. to make that super clear. Like, so I, I, and I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you though, Chris. Like, it's, I think that, I think there's definitely value there in bringing him back. It's just, is it worth, is it worth the headaches that come with it? I just don't, mm-hmm. I just One don't thing know. I- Oh, and also, sorry, by the way, I just want to also say with the backstage fight, I agree with you there, too. That used to happen all the time. And it just like it was just part of the business. Yeah. And like, but but the dynamic, though, is a little different with them being EVPs and technically his boss. And this mm-hmm. all happening right after he just trashed the company in front of the world in a press conference, too. Like, it's just all bad look. True, true. But again, like, you know, we are talking about a bunch of adults like. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I just I feel like everybody should have gotten over this a long time ago, and hopefully someday they do. Like I'm sorry, but if Edge and Matt Hardy can be on an sure. episode of Table of Three all these years later, that's CM, true. CM Punk right. can break bread with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks down the line. Like there is forgiveness. Yeah, because to be he had. took his old lady and slept with her. Oh yeah, that was, <laughs> a, big thing. That was a big thing. You kind of think Remember about they, like you can't really compare the two, but you see where like okay, I guess I could forgive my, like, my own wife. Like they're not is, even with homegirl at all. Like that, they both got separate wives and children. And yeah. and now they're all cool <clears throat> with each other. That's true. Yeah. Yes. Like all of them. I wonder if they got family even like even Brett. Brett and Sean, they they had yeah. Brett was beating up Sean backstage and pulling out his hair, and then all these years later, they could do the rival series, they could do the segment in WWE, they could do Brett signings together. Out, yeah, straight <laughs> up, give him that, give him that shiner. Yeah, I mean but, that, the sad thing here too is like before all this, before Punk ever joined AEW, and before AEW was even really like a real thing, the Young Bucks and Punk were buddies. Like, these guys were yeah. friends for years. I mean, this isn't like these guys just met and like didn't get along with each other. This is a long-term friendship that something went really wrong when they were working together in AEW. Um, I, I think it's, I, I, honestly, the way everything has played out, it's a, it's a whole thing about, it seems like, Punk's paranoia. Because he created a narrative in his head that the the young bucks and the elite were the ones that were feeding the dirt sheet rumors, which is kind of a hypocritical thing because we we all have seen punks people are the ones that's leaking information to people about him. So yeah. it's just like how that's like the pot called in the kettle black. You're getting mad at them for something that you do. So it that in general, I didn't know. I didn't. I honestly didn't understand from the very beginning what his big issue was. If you do it, you can't be mad at anybody else to do it, but you had no proof that there was them that did it. Yeah. He's a giant hypocrite, dude. All the, all this stuff is hypocritical. Even just his philosophy on, on wrestling and, and being a veteran now is different. When he was coming up, he was the guy saying like, you know, 
I like the old, the old guard doesn't get it. Like I, I understand like what the new generation is and like, you know, this or that, you can't tell me nothing. Like I'm gonna do my thing. I'm doing it my way, straight edge, blah, 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 blah. And, and then now he's at a point where he's in that position and now he's getting butt hurt because guys like Hangman Page aren't coming up to him being like, please, Phil, tell me advice on what to do, you know, or, yeah, or maybe yeah, he's giving them it. advice and yeah. he's in there and he just they just don't want it. And, you know, and a big part of the thing, this really bothers me too. A big part of CM Punk's gripe seemed to be Hangman saying stuff to him in a promo on Dynamite that went over everybody's heads. Nobody would have ever known anything no about what they what were talking, talking about. about. I, right. I literally did multiple reviews on this platform and other platforms where we were just all confused by what Hangman said. And right. we just thought it was more in line with what MJF had been saying, what yeah. Eddie Kingston had been saying. We just thought it was like the basic evolution of those promos. Right. And then it got right. exactly here with him like the fruition of about, it all. Yep. Yeah. And, and that, that and punk's that, really he, selfish. That was the yeah. main thing. I think that speaks to the paranoia and almost like the, I don't know what the right word is, like like the like a complex of like uh, like thinking you're more important, like that that you're more you're better. Well, like like, like uh, I think that he almost thinks that people care about him more than they really do in certain ways. And the way, what I mean by that is like nobody knew what he was talking about, but he assumed everyone knew what he was talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like. He got all butthurt about this to the point of calling Heyman an empty-headed f-word, to where like nobody even nobody even knew. So like CM Punk in his own mind is thinking like everyone knows everything about me. And, like, I'm he went, still he, not he went even low. sure I know what was said. <laughs> no, no, either, no. Either do I. Either to be honest, like I, I it, there was some sort of low blow that you know some personal thing I guess that CM Punk heard Hangman say about him in that in that promo, and it, it touched a nerve. But nobody. And is your ego that fragile? Like, dude, you, you've gone on, you've grabbed a microphone before on live television, waved to the camera and, and said that the business is going to be better when Vincent man dies and his doofus son takes over. It's just going to like, you're, who are you to, who are you to say like someone can't low blow you a little bit? No one even knew he was doing it. You know, what's really funny too is so I did get to interview punk really shortly after like, he kind of started that run and one thing from the interview that like nobody really picked up which surprised me was he was in talks to join aew within six months of the debut of dynamite oh no yeah for sure but the pandemic pushed all that back but like it's it's weird to think of a world where we might have actually had punk for the last three or four years yeah, yeah, that's a really good point to bring up because that Can you imagine. That, yeah, and that is a good because because I do I I'll run this back a little bit because I'm I'm willing to like I try to be as reasonable as I can. If I make a mistake, I'll try to like I'll see both sides of this. So I do get on Punk quite a bit about joining AEW so late because I know they wanted him day one and I know they were heavily courting him during the pandemic. But the fact that he didn't debut till post pandemic, till there were fans there, I totally get that. So like. My, I think that was more of a Tony thing, to be honest with you. Yeah, you're no, I, you're probably right about that, and it would make business sense for them to wait till fans are back for all that. I, I, I get that. So I do want to say, I'll be fair about that on my end, like because I do use that as a point against Punk pretty often that he waited so long, but he probably would have been there much earlier had the pandemic not happened. So I'm willing to, I'm willing to, I'm willing to put that out there. But he's there like, is he's also like the... to 
to agree there. There is <laughs> sure, also no, the sure, whole yeah. thing of like, <laughs> like if he really wanted to, he could have pushed to come earlier. Like it, sure. it was definitely a choice to wait. Um, yeah. The whole. I don't remember who it was that called him out on it, but they're like, you're just here for a paycheck because you ran out of your UFC money or whatever it was. Like, I am i don't know how that line didn't piss him off more than whatever yeah. Hangman said. Did, like, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like, I... And that's another thing about this that's kind of interesting to me is, like, I don't for a second think that CM Punk needs the money. I think he has plenty of money. Um, Same. You know what I mean? So it's I like mean, I don't think he's doing this. I, I think he's doing it for money to a degree because, like, I think there's some a lot of a lot of there's a large I, number on the contract he signed with AEW and he wants yeah. to get all of it. That but, trial cost him a lot of money, though. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And I, and I think that's where the paranoia comes from. And 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 as we saw this past week, he has this uh, vendetta that he feels is against him against the <laughs> observer with Dave Meltzer. I just and hope Brian that, Alvarez. I just hope that AJ put all her book money in a separate account. <laughs> <laughs> he gonna be second it dry. Uh, the little other notes uh, from this story. Um, Meltzer did also note that there were conflicting reports about uh, Ace Steel circulating, that there were some who felt Punk screwed uh, Tony Khan ahead of the AEW collision announcement, and no one on the AEW side has discussed this, but uh, a source with WBD noted that they believe their belief is that there will be an attempt to work things out. And WW, WBD is said to be hopeful that it will work out and that it's not a done a done deal. And then according to a report by Nick Hausman with House of Wrestling, uh, AEW already went through the process of rehiring a steel. Per the report, AEW rehired Steel several months ago. However, despite the rehiring, Steel has not been actively working behind the scenes yet. And previously, Steel was fired in October. October for his role in the backstage altercation at All Out, and Steele was then reportedly rehired back by AEW a short time after his release. After being rehired, Steele was informed that he would work with Tony Khan on creative side in some capacity, but he was not able to appear backstage as of yet. It would uh, upset some talent if he was backstage, and as a result, Steele has been working remotely for the company for the past several months. House of Wrestling also reports that the understanding was that after AEW Collision debuts, Steele would be allowed to return to the road to work for AEW as an agent, and that reportedly changed on Tuesday when a decision was made not to have Steele back on the road. Punk then reportedly learned about the decision a, a short time later. This was then followed by miscommunication with lawyers, and it ultimately led to Punk being pulled from the Collision announcement, and this could be one explanation for the images earlier on that had Punk on it, and Punk is reportedly still part of AEW he said uh it's he said to be motivated in wanting to help the company's growth and in addition Punk's relationship with the company president and CEO Tony Khan is also said to be good at the moment noting that there were no issues between the two and that communication was still open between them and the Wrestling Observer newsletter said that several AEW sources have denied that Steel is back with the company the Wrestling Observer newsletter notes that the denial comes from the 
top of AEW. And those close to Steel, however, has said that it was closely kept secret and he would return at Collision. Top people in AEW were not aware and most still did not know until this past week when Talent found out a couple of weeks ago. They were said to be very surprised. And then on Wednesday, like Jensen mentioned earlier, CM Punk went off in an Instagram rant where he called out Wrestling Observer's Brian Alvarez for spreading lies and having a personal vendetta against him after Alvarez commented on rumors surrounding why Punk wasn't included in the collision announcement. He then shared a video with his thoughts on wrestling tribalism and some fans' parasocial relationships with certain people. Uh, Punk said that uh, they, some fans need to go touch grass, as he said. And then also the plan B right now for the collision debut is if things doesn't work out with Punk, our Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports AEW does have the United Center book for June 17th, but they are also working on booking the Daily's uh, place in Jacksonville. In Daily's place, uh, people have been told that it's a backup plan for the collision debut. It's not the A plan, but it's a possibility if Punk thing doesn't work out. So, Chrissy, I'll start with you. Two important questions. Do you think Punk shows up June 17th for the debut of Collision? And do you think it will be with a steel working backstage for AEW? Um, I feel like since they're like begging him and like keeping him like, oh my God, this is like, they, they, they keep rewarding someone that keeps saying like F you. I feel like they're going to have him there. Um, what location? Not sure. And then. Why do we need eight? Why do we need this gentleman there? What, like, what does what does he it's do? His, so it's his, it's his trainer who's also a producer for AEW. So they have a long history. But Ace Steel himself hasn't accomplished hardly anything like as a wrestler. Like he was in Ring of Honor briefly and stuff like that. But like he's he's more or less known for training CM Punk. So he wants to be like his Paul Heyman. Okay, great, sure. Um, but like backstage, not even right. on the show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you need someone like to like advocate for, oh, so baby, like, okay. So like, this is like daddy daycare, like someone like watch him. Is that kind of what it is? Like we need someone like, keep it's him basically in like someone he's close to having them backstage. So he feels more comfortable. Basically. I think he feels like, cause he's got, I mean, he's got his boys like Dan Housen and right, uh, say, all those people are there. Like you're working, they got, they gave you a whole damn show. Like you got people around you that want to be, that's going to be there. Like what more do you need? Um, but yes, and I guess yes. They're gonna give him everything yeah. he needs on a platter. What about you, Doc? What do you think? What they those feel two like questions? they need him when they really probably don't. But you know, I mean, I think we get him back. I don't know if it's by the Collision debut or not. They really like, you know, how early or how late can you wait to make that call? Like, right? You have to sell the tickets, so. I don't know when do we get that announcement you know 10 15 days out from the show that's not that far away yeah I think they're giving themselves the week because that's what Tony Khan said he was going to announce the location on Dynamite this coming Wednesday oh boy yeah well (laughs) if they if they end up booking Florida and then work it out and Punk comes back still going to be a good reaction it just won't be the Chicago pop that they want yeah yeah what about you jensen so this is assuming like i guess we can't really assume anything but like i guess i'm going to assume they're gonna still do chicago because that was the plan right united center yeah i doubt they're not gonna do that so 
Like, have they? Sorry, I'm a little. I'm a little. It's a lot of stuff going on with this. Have they actually confirmed and announced the Chicago date? Because that was like a known no. thing weeks no. ago. But like, Tony Khan literally said on this week's Dynamite that he's going to announce it on next week's Dynamite. He okay, made an announcement. That's what I thought. Okay, that's right. He said he said the new show and everything, but he was like, "Oh, but for our very first show, will be announced next week." So they're still, I guess, still like playing close and trying to like figure out what they want to do exactly. But he said, "Yeah, so he had like two announcements in like one." Also, <laughs> my predict my prediction is CM Punk will be there. It'll be in Chicago, and Ace Steel will also be there. I think I think Tony will cave. Um, I don't like that, but I think you will. Right. Um, and now now. That even said, a big baby, all, all, everything he wants, but he keeps clearly getting in trouble. Like, you want to rewarding him? You're, ena- you you're know, enabling him. Yeah, I agree. Well, and what I would, and this is gonna sound, I don't even know if you'd say this because it sounds so cold. This, like, I don't, but like, you remember back in like, I, you, Chris would know better than me. Um, you would have been watching this live, whereas I was a little bit after. Remember when, when Vince was in this position with Ultimate Warrior? And they needed him to show up. <laughs> and they yeah, got him to yeah. show up. Yeah. Remember yeah. what happened after that? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Not off the top of my head. Well, he got uh, rid of what, him. Yeah, yeah. He basically, he basically did the spot at SummerSlam 1991. And then when he came backstage, Vince basically gave him his pink slip. And gave said, him a note. Well, and basically, said, basically he said yeah. he was suspended. And then he eventually mm-hmm. was fired. But they got him for the okay. show they needed. They got him on the show. They got the obligation out of him. But after that, they gave him a letter that said, dude, we don't do business like this. Like, well, yeah, wasn't he holding them up for money? Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but he got the money. Like, like Vince wound up like (laughs) caving to get him onto the show, but then got rid of him right afterwards. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm not saying necessary to do that. I'm just saying like, if Tony Khan wants to like finally come across like the boss, Get CM Punk there, dude in Chicago. Big grand opening for this show. Big because here's the thing. Let's be let's be fair too. When 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 uh, when Rampage started, big 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 pops for the first few shows, but then it, it really petered out. I'm not saying this is going to happen with Collision one way or another. I, I hope it doesn't. I hope they're successful. And I love the logo, by the way. I love the WCW vibes and everything about that. But I'm just saying, like, if Tony wants to ha- finally big big move somebody. Like this would be it. Like get CM Punk there in Chicago with a steal. What happens after that? I don't know. You think they pulled the Ultimate Warrior SummerSlam? Like no, I, don't, I don't think that they would do. I don't think he would do that. But I think Tony Khan needs to do something to clearly establish that he is the boss and he can't be fucked with. If Tony, and I honestly Khan, think he needs to. If Tony Khan, if he were to fire Punk right after bringing him in for the debut. <laughs> like that's, that's the crazy one, yeah that's one thing that would get vince mcmahon to call him and be like you're doing a great job pal yeah. <laughs> you're, finally, you're, finally, you're finally getting a tk you're finally getting it that's the that's the put your dick on the table moment I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with it i'm with it i'm, listen, with I'm not it. saying once again i'm not advocating to do that i'm i'm one of these people who i do not no matter if i don't like you i never say like fire this person take away this person's sponsors like deplatform this person like i'm just not that guy I'm pretty, I'm pretty big believer in like the market kind of figures itself out to a degree. Like people are going to, people who like CM Punk are going to like, and people who don't aren't, it, there's ways to win fans back here and there and stuff. But I'm not sitting here and saying like fire CM Punk. I'm just saying like Tony Khan needs to do something yep. so that, cause, cause what's to stop this from happening with other people going forward? I get CM Punk's an anomaly cause it is CM Punk, but like, 
if you're gonna if you're gonna let me put it this way if this was if this was the wwe you better be roman reigns yeah. like there's no one else who's gonna mm-hmm. be able to even come close to pulling something like this you better be roman reigns if, if you're gonna pull something like this, you better be steve austin in 19, 1998 you better be hulk hogan in 96 when the nwo is getting hot like like yeah. but cm punk isn't that guy anymore that's i think a problem with this is like I think there's value in CM Punk, but this isn't 2011 super mega hot summer of punk CM Punk. And plus all the injuries and the age and all this stuff, all these factors. It isn't the same to me. I just don't think he, I don't think the Tony Khan should be bending over backwards like this for him. Um, but you know, that's, that's just me. You know, it just, it just is what it is. And, and I, I, I got, I got to say this a thousand times. If he comes back to the show, and this is where it hurts too. Cause like I felt this way about punk in a lot of ways before he even came to AEW. Cause I was aware of his past in the Indies and I was aware of his past in WWE and I was aware of his UFC career and I was aware of all this stuff. And I was like, I'm not really that into seeing punk coming back. Like, especially he's going to come back and beat all these guys that I like. Um, but it was so good that I was like, I was into it. I was like, hell yeah. He came out in like the fight shorts, like the old theme song gets MJF for the dog collar match. Like, there was so much good stuff that he did, right? Even, like, the little things. Like, a match against Lee Moriarty, just one-on-one, just, like, helping a, a younger guy get, like, he didn't beat him, but he got a good rub on, you know, having a good match. Like, there was a lot of great things CM Punk did on the show, and I think I could feel the same way. If he came back I, a few months from now, I could be sitting right here on this show saying the same thing, going, yeah, he's back. I didn't really love the circumstances, but this is great television. I'll be willing to admit it's a great television, but there's always going to be in the back of my mind, it's like, when's it going to happen again? It just when the other shoe is going to drop, it's right. very much like at what like at what point does it and then what point does the leverage become a big problem? Because it's like, but okay, what's what does you want? Are you gonna put the world title on him again at some point and then have this happen? And now you're world champion, is it like it just you it's it's this weird spot to be in because I feel like if you bring punk back, you can't have him involved with the world title anymore, it's just too risky for your company, I think. But he's such a big star, and there's so many untold stories there, and especially with MJF still, if him with him as the champion, like there's a history there. So it's like it's 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 just a weird spot to have to be to even bring Punk back because you know he doesn't have to be involved in the title, but he's also such a big star that you kind of expect him to be. So like, but you don't want to put the title on him and wind up in this position where he's negotiating with you again. So like, exactly. You you, you know, don't want to give him more leverage. That's, right. That's you don't want to give him more leverage. The all. bottom line is we all keep talking about the same shit. Yeah, every right. fucking week right. and it's just becoming like we give this man an hour two hours of just talking about foolishness of like either he's, he's gonna gonna come to work or not and he got money right. he ain't gotta do shit that's yeah. the sad part i'm with you chrissy unfortunately yeah, and i know I'm, I'm tired about it. i'm tired of talking about it also but i know i know people like hearing about it cm punk's a very divisive subject like because he yeah. has so many fans that are going to ride or die with him regardless, you know? And I respect that too, man. Like I do, I don't, I don't even hate, I don't hate CM Punk as a human being. There's just a lot of things I don't like about him. I don't hate people who are CM Punk fans. I don't hate you for wanting to have CM Punk on the screen. I, I understand why people like CM Punk. He represents a lot for a lot of people. There's a whole generation of wrestling fans, as a matter of fact, that didn't even watch wrestling for like, they, they watched it in the, in the nineties. They stopped during the Cena era. Then they got back into it in the, in the 2010s with punk and, and their attachment to modern day wrestling is CM Punk getting the back into it. I mean, I, I get all of that, you know, that's, you know, and that's a powerful thing for a lot of fans, but um, I just want those fans that are like, so flag in the ground pro CM Punk 
anti maybe elite or maybe don't understand Tony Khan's side or understand like my side of it. Just understand like the side of fans that kind of that I'm on going, we can recognize all these great things about him, but, but get why we don't think it might not be the best idea to be dealing with this dude anymore. Yes. It's a very toxic relationship at this point between CM Punk and AEW. We would put that in the toxic tier of relationships. Yes. But Jensen, I know you do got your interview in a little bit. Yes. But I Thank you so much for joining us and, and getting getting all that emotion out on uh, CM Punk. Please let the people know where they can follow you on social media, what you got going on over on Fightful Select, over on the Fightful main channel. Let the people know. For sure. So, yeah, I'm, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at FightTalk underscore. You can listen to the Fightful Select Weekender podcast over on FightfulSelect.com. Um, that drops every Sunday. Occasionally I do it on a Monday, depending on if there's like a big Sunday indie show or something, but I should be doing it on, well, I'll probably do it tomorrow, even though there's a GCW show tomorrow, but my birthday is on Monday and I don't want to work. So I'll probably do the weekender on Sunday. You'll probably see it on Fightful Select tomorrow. And then every Thursday, myself and Jeremy Lambert do the spotlight. That's every, uh, it's 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, every Thursday morning. Uh, we talk the role of pro wrestling, and then we have an interview at the end as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, please check all that out and, uh, support the work we do over at Fightful. We appreciate that, uh, fightful.com. And, uh, the last thing I'll say as I get out of here, once again, being a reasonable person, level-headed, if I was to ever meet CM Punk in person, just want to make this very clear, <laughs> make it very clear. If I was to ever meet CM Punk in person, even if he know who I was by face, which I don't think he does. I think he just knows me as like an avatar, maybe my name or whatever. Like, but if, if I met him in person. I put my hand out. I would want to shake his hand. I'd be super respectful. I would legitimately, you know what I mean? There's, I don't hate this guy. I just don't like how he's doing business. And I don't like, I don't like. You don't like his actions. I don't. And I, and I love AEW. And it, this all hurts AEW, I feel like. And it's it just not, this isn't the, when AEW started, this was not the original vision of the company. And mm -hmm. I, you know, and I, I hope things can get all figured out. I, I wish nothing but. Honestly, I don't want anything bad to happen to CM Punk or his family. I just don't like how he's doing business. And I'm just that's my opinion of it. So um anyway, thanks for having me on here, guys. I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jensen. Always love. I, I knew I knew it was the right decision to tell you to come on as we talk about CM Punk. But thank you for joining us, good brother. And enjoy your birthday and the rest of the weekend. Sir. That's happy birthday. Thanks, thanks Gemini. Oh, you shit, it's your birthday today? Uh, on Monday, but pretty close. Me and SP3 oh. are SP3 is on uh, the 18th. I'm on the 22nd. So this is our joint, our joint mm. birthday together. Is why? Are there, why are? But there you're so a Gemini. Many... He's a Taurus. I am a Gemini. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Why are there so many May wrestling media? We talked about that earlier. Me and SP3 yes. on, on the Rossi dudes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. It's insane. Every great wrestler and content creator is in the month of May. It seems. Every great wrestler. Will Osprey, The Rock, Brian Danielson, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins? Okay, point taken. Never mind. <laughs> Let me be quiet. Now I feel bad that I share a birthday with Hulk Hogan. I mean, I always feel bad. You about shouldn't that. say that. You don't say that you share a birthday with Terrence from Florida. Oh, okay. Terrence, we call him Terrence I from Florida. I also share a birthday with Thor, Chris Hemsworth. Now that's so, great. That's a good. Like, that's a good balance. Year. Sure. Same year. We're I both sure. turning forty this year. Nice. I share a birthday with Daniel. So We're both equally second. successful in our career. Nice. Yeah. Nice. No, there you go. Yeah, I know. I know. I share with Danielson on the 22nd, and my uh, my dad coincidentally shares. Uh, April has with, a lot uh, of, of, of great wrestling. Well, females, excuse me. Oh, April, yeah. 
Yes. Uh, my my dad cheers. Charlotte Bianca. With, uh, we're all Aries. Less like period. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, Thank you, Jensen. Yeah, thanks, Appreciate guys. You, good, good seeing you, SP3 again. Good seeing you, Chris. Yes. You. Good, good hearing you, Chris. Yeah, good yes, you. Later, brother. Uh, but as one fightful person leaves, we got to bring in another. He's a what? knowledgeable person to talk Sounds about like all tag. things, all things professional wrestling. As we're going to talk uh, a little bit about AEW Rampage, some other AEW news, WWE, and all that good stuff. Scott E. Wrestling, Scott Edwards of. Fightful, five-star Joshi show everywhere. I hear this man is everywhere. Thank you, Scott, for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me. I missed the CM Punk talk, so I think today was a good day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to put him through that. I was like, Jensen, Jensen said he would show up. so he I've purposely all of this. <laughs> not talked about it in every single way for a reason. So it actually worked out in my favor that I didn't wake up to answer you in time. <laughs> Work in your favor. <laughs> we do have a super chat donation in the chat here. Uh, uh, the Nero Buck, Nick Jackson saying, again, we getting two heel heat pod, uh, pop culture podcast. We got to get Doc for that because Doc, Doc, I know, talks a whole bunch about pop culture. And uh, he's he tried to invite me on his uh, Marvel uh, podcast before. We're going to get oh, you, nice. Doc, for the True Hill Heat pop culture podcast if you're down. I'm I'm totally down. Uh me, Graham, and Phil haven't recorded the Marvel thing in a while. Um, I'm not sure what we're doing with that. We're all like working completely different schedules. Phil obviously does Grapsity like eight times a week, and um, <laughs> so everybody's super busy, but that's what's great about it. But like, yeah, we just haven't had a chance. Gr Graham just freaking finally watched Daredevil for the first time. Oh, yes, I saw that. I, I had to one? comment. Yes. The uh, show. The show. Oh. The, the better one. Like, not the movie. I thought you meant the, the movie. movie. Okay. Phil, no, and, I, Phil and I have been yelling at him for two years <laughs> to watch this damn show. <laughs> and he's watching it like probably one episode a week or something. Like, I'm sure it'll be a slow process and slow it'll, take him, it'll take him a month to get to the hallway fight. Oh man, that's the best. All the hallway fights are the best. So, uh, yes, uh, <laughs> we're going to get that pop culture podcast going soon. Soon enough, uh, Negro Bug. Thank you for the super chat donation. We got Frantic World saying happy birthday to, to Jensen. Then a whole bunch of people just letting us know what birthdays they share with people. Kate say, and I have a birthday with Lamar Jackson. Annika says, I have a birthday with HBK and Donald Glover. Donald Glover's a good one. Atlanta is. Wow. <laughs> Even though the last season was trash, but whatever. Last season was not trash. That was hilarious. The Goofy movie episode. I'm sorry. Okay, That's yeah, but no, it had episodes that was good, but the whole the season green. overall, SP, don't you get your reaching? Uh, no, nah, the, 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 nah, okay. that's it's not as good as season two, but it's right up, there. right, right up, there. right up there. Right up there. Uh, and yes, I Frantic World, I agree. Yeah, that Daredevil movie uh, was so bad. Yes. Like that. That's what, and then, and then they got the nerve to give it to him to do Batman. Like what? What? Why? What, what are we thinking? He's not a good superhero. Like stop All giving right. him jobs. That was our that was our pop culture segue. Now we can get back to some wrestling. Last night, AEW. Oh my god, is that Shoni Shivani on your your thumbnail? I love it. Yeah, this is the picture that Mel Coleman made after he yelled at MJF and called him a prick. That <laughs> night, she drew this in like two hours. 
I love that. I love that. That's every everybody thing. should follow at Mel Coleman Art. She is literally the best. She is awesome. Definitely great, great artist. So definitely go out of your way to, to follow her. Uh, but yes, last night you had AEW Rampage, which I thought was actually a watchable episode of AEW Rampage. It actually accompanied. Damn. It actually accomplished things, though. Uh, you had the Blackpool Combat Club defeating Best Amigos in a fun trios opener. Jade Cargill pulled off back-to-back wins to go 59-0 and in her TBS Championship <sighs> Open Challenge. Post-match, Taya Valkyrie returned to lay out Jade with the Road to Valhalla and then challenged her for double or nothing. That match was made official. You also had the Hardys and uh, Isaiah Cassidy announce that they will face the Guns and Ethan Page at double or nothing with Paige's contract on the line, but the former firm members attacked the Hardy party, ending with Ethan Page pilmanizing Brother Zay with a chair around his neck. You also had Chris Jericho rip up his injunction against Adam Cole, banning him from the building and then challenge him to an unsanctioned match at Double or Nothing. The two men then got into a pull-apart brawl afterwards, and then you had Dustin Rhodes defeat Bishop Khan in a bloody main event because it's Dustin Rhodes, and if he's in a main event he's gonna bleed uh post-match the mogul embassy jumped dustin before the keith lee made the save uh but the numbers got the better of lee with cage hitting a f5 on keith lee and then swerve hitting the swerve stomp with lee sitting in a chair scott i know you're a big who's that sexy man i'm standing next to swerve uh not the one in the purple that's bishop i I knew which one you were talking about i said bishop (laughs) card But, uh, Scott, what did you think about the final segment? I know you're a big fan of Swerve. He was looking kind of yoked. He looking like he getting ready for that push. I I hope so. I hope so. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I I watched it, and I said, why is this match not on? Dynamite. Not not Dustin Rhodes versus Bishop Khan, I guess. But why is this not all (laughs) happening on Dynamite? And once I saw the Hardys match added to Double or Nothing, I said, I'm not going to get Swerve and Keith Lee on Double or Nothing, am I? Like, doesn't look like wh- it. Why, though? I- I've waited for two pay-per-views now, and I'm not going to get it again. And if you put it on Rampage, Tony, I swear to God, I'm going to have a talk with you. Like, don't do that to me. <laughs> at least hold it for Collision or something at this point. Like, that's where I'm at. It's like, hold it for a actual TV show that people will watch on a weekly basis, please. Um, if you're not going to put it on pay-per-view. But, yeah, I'm a big swerve guy. I just want this guy to be listen if he's not going to be a champion tomorrow that's fine but i want him to be more important on these shows rather than just rampage where if i don't see the you know 30 second video that he gets i miss swerve every week like i don't know how anyone could watch this stuff with nick wayne from defy and think like this guy isn't your next big heel i i just don't get it and that's why i'm like when his match happens in i think it's a july that nick wayne finally will debut um, yeah. I can't wait for that. It feels like that'll be the launching point for Swerve because he's probably going to, you know, brutalize poor Nick Wayne in his uh, AEW debut. But, man, it, it was a good it was a good overall segment, good match. But let's like let's have Swerve and Keith Lee just have the blow off match already. It's been way too long now. They've been they've been uh, feuding or teasing. They had their breakup in like November or December, and we're still having got the feeding off of them. Yep. Yeah, 
it's 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 kind of ridiculous at this point like just get it done please sooner rather than later uh i know you're you're you have uh, made some comments on twitter about jade cargill what do you think about jade versus uh taya at double again <laughs> um who are you doc, asking? not whoever doc yeah i said doc <laughs> okay you're good i uh, uh okay here's the thing I wanted Jade to lose the title a while ago. But if you're going to get her to 59 wins, it's funnier if you give her 10 more before you finally have her lose. <laughs> 69 and 0, yes. Yes. You know what? I'm done. That joke yes. that, that joke <laughs> that joke is that joke is for Kate. Oh my god, I can't. <laughs> but no, but for real though, like I'm tired of the squash matches. I'm tired of the TBS title not doing anything for anybody. It's not helping yeah. Jade to hold that belt anymore. The undefeated streak doesn't feel special anymore. Like let's just get it over with. Taya is a great choice. She's a legitimate veteran with good skills like if you if you are gonna pick anybody on the roster might as well be her otherwise if she retains i really hope statlander is back soon because it probably was gonna be her before she got injured yeah yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense. So if if it's not going to be Taya at double or nothing, I just hope Chris Statlander is coming back sooner. Rather no, than I later. am. Oh. <laughs> yep, my Uh-oh. daughter says the same thing. She yeah, agrees. I'm about to say how um, agrees. <laughs> no, I, I am a fan of Jay. It's just it's just become stale. It's just it's just it's it's to the point where like how many squash match can you have? And I know she's so much better than this. Like, why do we have her training with the best people if we're not going to give her like credible matches? What are we yep. what, like? What are we holding her hostage for? Yeah, she can move. She can do these things. It's like you guys don't think that she's capable of doing a great match. Like the last time they gave her a good match, she did a good job. Yeah, yeah. Like stop being like so hesitant and like try to carry it out. Yeah, uh, I just hope they they figure it out. And uh, I mean, the feud with Taya, I think, has been effective in. Right. Uh, in what they've been trying to do, they did have like one or two ideas and they've just dragged it until the pay-per-view though. I will say that. I, I've never seen an undefeated streak hurt someone as much as it's hurt Jade. Like right. I've never seen that Crazy. happen. Uh, there was, there was a point like a perfect point. Or I think it was around the Athena match where I was like, all right, we can drop this title anytime now. She, you know, I know she's dominant. I know she's a force. Yeah. And of course she beat Athena. I was like, uh, okay, that was a choice, but it was supposed to be Chris. Chris then got hurt, and I was like, "All right, you have to have a backup option. You have to." And they don't. They don't. They Tony's just stayed with it. It's it's a bold choice because I think with Jade, like she obviously has the makings to be someone really special, yes. yeah. right? Like she has the presence, obviously, but I think in the ring she could. But when, like, like you guys said, it's like. If she's not getting matches that are more than three minutes, and if she's not getting matches of meaning, right? Besides, oh, let's just toss her on the rampage for three minutes and call it a day. Mm-hmm. How is she supposed to be getting better? She's someone that would be so much better if she was wrestling on a weekly basis, let alone, you know, 
daily basis almost. Yeah, I think she would be so yeah. much better now, and she should be so much better now, mm-hmm. but it's not really her mm-hmm. fault. I'm not blaming her for that. Right. Um, so the sooner she loses the belt, the better she's off. If that's the tie, <laughs> so be it. I mean, I thought the I thought the win should have went to someone with you know that could, means could yeah. help elevate them on the yeah. way up. Yeah. Yes. yes. To me, like Taya, we know who we know what Taya is. We know who. Yeah. Taya she is. she doesn't need it. Yes. No. No, she doesn't. Like, but it, 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 would, it would be I a way to, to Willow. It, it would be a way to, to set Willow. her up to set her up on the roster. And I think, I think with Willow, they're, they're planning on pushing her more in ROH, by the yeah. way, the, that booking leads to, and the great match she had with Athena. So yeah, I think true. that, I think that it would be a way to establish Taya Valkyrie, that she's going to be a player in AEW if they gave her the win. Sure. Okay. One note of uh, news from AEW before we move on to some WWE. Uh, Brian Danielson will apparently be involved in the creative for AEW Collision coming up. Oh, nice. According according to a new yeah. report from uh, Fightful Select, the Blackpool Combat Club member will be contributing to the creative for the upcoming Saturday show. According to those familiar to the matter, Danielson uh, it did do some creative work in wwe notably when he was out of the ring due to injury and sources had said that great things about danielson's work in wwe at the time the main creative team for aew right now is tony khan pat buck will washington sanjay dutt and uh qt marshall with dean malenko and christopher daniels also providing creative input in the regular uh as as well and kenny omega young bucks john moxley ftr and cm punk all have regular creative input into their own program so at least they are kind of making a team because i think that's what tony khan needs he needs a team around him to mm-hmm. figure out what he's what doing with the creative. Mm-hmm. because he's getting spread very thin especially with the two-hour show coming up with collision so we got a super chat donation, a couple of super chat donations here. Keep those coming. We appreciate them all. We got uh Caden with the super chat donation, uh talking about Rampage last night. Thank you so much, Caden. Saying shout out to Max for the rap. Great Greg Abbott, uh the worst. <laughs> that was a, a nice little rap by the acclaim. They got a win in six-man tag team action. And then we also got a super chat donation from Chilling with Chase. Thank you so much, Chase, for the big super chat donation. Brian. Danielson, Booker of the Year, baby. I said Brian Danielson is going to be the first man ever to win Wrestler of the Year and Booker of the Year in the same year. Nice. Calling it right now. The GOAT. The goddamn GOAT. <laughs> His birthday's coming up two days from now. Let's go. Let's go. All the birthdays in May. Uh, but let's move on to WWE uh, SmackDown. This what they ask. Doc, how long we got you for? How long, how long, much longer we got you for, good brother? Uh, honestly, I got nothing going on, man. I'm good. <laughs> He's here for the long haul. That's why I love you, Doc. <laughs> SmackDown last night. I will. I, I I will be totally useless during the New Japan talk. It's it's totally fine. No, don't again, Doc. J- just it's okay. I just <laughs> listen. Like, cause he like, welcome to my club. We go. We yeah. gonna have a card game while they yes. talk about New Japan. <laughs> That's what we could do, man. I'll just be like Captain America every five minutes. Be like, oh, I know, I know who that was. Who yeah, was exactly. If you I show me a picture, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's not the G1 climax. Then you would have heard uh, Chrissy jokes, uh, Chrissy's jokes about how that sounds like a porno. So be like, yeah, I know who Will Ocean Spray is, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you. Uh, WWE SmackDown last night, the show featured uh, more bloodline drama as Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa had a face-to-face confrontation with uh, undisputed WWE tag team champions Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, with Sami saying that Roman isn't as good as them or the Usos, which got under Roman's skin before Jimmy and Jay attacked the champs to the dismay of Roman, who got pissed off at them and unfortunately bumped into Solo Sokoa, which he looked kind of scared about. This led to the right, right. <laughs> this led to Roman kicking the Usos out of his uh, locker room after the commercial break and getting pissed off a little bit more. And then led to our main event where the Usos lost to the LWL Santos Escobar and Roman Reigns in a very good main event. Thanks to interference from Owens and Zayn. You also had Pretty Deadly made their in-ring debut as they defeated the Brawling Brutes in the opener. And then you had Sheamus lay out uh, Austin Theory with a bro kick to set up a U.S. championship matchup for next week. Asuka beat uh, Zelina Vega in a solid bout as well. Post-match, Bianca Belair came out to make the save when Asuka kept the Asuka lock on for too long. And AJ Styles appeared on uh, the Grayson Waller effect where Grayson Waller got the final word against the the guy that's going for the World Heavyweight Championship. And they also teased Karrion Cross versus uh, uh, AJ Styles. So, Like, what are we doing? Like, what the... like? Two SmackDown feuds for the guy that you want us to believe is going to go over to Raw as the World Heavyweight Champion. Good okay, job, first WWE. Of all, okay, my okay. Yes, I've been missing <laughs> for a week. You want okay? So we have uh, a championship match, right? That you said clearly this belt was going to to Raw. So I'm confused on why we have AJ going against him if he's on SmackDown. That's just one, right? Then we have Bianca. Bianca is the champion that was traded from Raw. Onto SmackDown, but still has the raw belt. I'm so I have so much question. Then we have the Alba Fire and um I love that, there you go. That that team who I very, very I like a lot. They have the NXT championships on SmackDown. What the fuck are we doing? I am oh, oh, tired. We're, I am we're gonna so get to, we're gonna fucking get, tired. We're gonna get to the thing why the brand split is completely dead. Uh, like it's but... so like it's fucking pointless. Like, why do we deep even do like so there's no, we're not going to do the whole belt debacle. Great. No problem. But now we have SmackDown belts on Raw. Belt, this mm. belt that way. Like, what the fuck? Did, what, who is doing this? It got to be kids because there's no way that these are grown-ass adults <laughs> making foolishness. There's no fucking way. No fucking way that we have champions going for a belt who we clearly know who will win because you wanted that belt over there. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> I, I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm Okay. I heard no lies. I heard no lies. No lies at all right there. Like 100%. this is why I will not watch it. I'd rather watch the, the um the playoffs than watch wrestling because it doesn't it, the, the the it's pointless right now. The stories are pointless. We have one story which is kind of like kind of flatlining almost up and down. We don't know what the fuck is happening. We 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 have matches that keep reoccurring. We finally had new people come on to SmackDown had debut matches when they came when they was drafted two weeks a fucking go. Now we have them to come. They debut last night. They all win. Great. No big fucking woo. Like, but we what are we doing? What are we doing? Zelina Vega goes against Oscar to lose. Duh. Like, what are we fucking doing? And the fans cheered Oscar after then she we have Raquel last week. Get, get with her go. chili chili pepper mist. Mm, Oscar. Yes. 
Heard that one. That was my, yes. that I was am tired. My head hurts so bad to all of this because it is so pointless. Now we have Liv is, is injured. We have uh, uh, who else is injured? Uh, Dakota um, Kai is injured. Dakota Kai is injured. So now we are, now we're forced to put Bailey and EO together when EO clearly does not like want to be with Bailey, but whatever. Then we'll, you, we we'll, have, we'll get to that. We got that Raquel in the, now in the have news a, She has, what's, who's Raquel's partner now? We'll, like, we'll, we'll, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to why, that. Why, why am I watching this? Like, why I'm like, and I love wrestling and this is like, I'm okay. I'm, I said, I'm sorry. They, they, they make you, they make you very, very frustrated. Um, What do you guys think? Uh, start with you, Scott, about the latest in the bloodline drama. Is it coming back up? Because it feels like an EKG every week with the bloodline. Sometimes it's up. Sometimes it's down. I feel like I'm watching Anthony Davis well, in the playoffs. Well, don't you know how it works? If Roman's there, it's good. If he's not there, who cares? <laughs> that's, that's, that's how it, it works. Like that, like he, you need dad to be there to make the mm. thing like look good because obviously the kids are not fucking listening. Like They want to do their own fucking thing. So now dad has to come to fucking work and make shit run properly. Yeah, it, well, the bloodline is Roman Reigns. Well, yeah, that too. Like, that's that's the thing, right? And, like, the way they did it yesterday, I was like, oh, this is a good angle. It's almost like you should have did this weeks ago. When, right, you know, this, that's where it was flatlining. Exactly. Um, and that's the problem with Roman, right? It's like he's not always there. Um, and it's not a problem because it makes him feel more special. But when you want to do the same angle after WrestleMania that was so important to have Roman around for, it it just like you said flat lines. Um, I thought the segment on SmackDown was really good, and that is all my takes for SmackDown. Yeah, I, I said it <laughs> on the review last night. I was like, the stuff with the Bloodline was good, but uh, n- nothing else pretty much for me. Doc, any comments on SmackDown last night? I mean the the thing where Roman almost looked afraid of Solo oh. after he bumped into him was pretty great. Yeah. Mm. Beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'll just copy and paste Chrissy's whole thing. And <laughs> we got a bunch of people telling say, breathe, Chrissy, just breathe. It's going to be all right. It's, it's, it's just annoying right. and it's frustrating to like, and then you have people that were like, oh, but it was so like, they, they defend this, this debacle, this debacle of like, Things that we call that we love wrestling, like I, like, I think I think that makes it worse because they try mm. to act like you're you're the one that's there's something wrong with you for is finding is finding the logic holes in everything. It that just does doing. like like okay, I wish okay, I if you could make it make sense, then I'd be like, all right, fine, I can meet you kind of like halfway. But like, why do we have well, you you come you came on TV, Hunter Paul. You come on TV and say, we're going to have the biggest thing, the biggest, like, we're going to do this. We're going to just, like, stop. Okay. Who Who is with you? Who's saying, yes, you should do this? Like, I, I really need to know, like, who's behind the scenes saying, you know what? That makes sense. Road dog. <laughs> <laughs> Road dog's like, ah, oh, this, this sounds great. This yeah. sounds great. Like great. it can't, you can't. Um, like remember, we would say like Vince would be Bruce Pritchard. Like it's kind of like that kind of like effect. Mm. Like who's back there saying, you know what? That's a sm- that's smart. Let's have the the, the girls from NXT now yeah. on SmackDown with the belts. We have no women's champion because you 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 idiots drafted her to fucking Raw when she should have been drafted from a long time ago. Now we have no champion. 
So that's that. Now we have no they it's like they don't like the tag titles for women are cursed for both brands. We're, we got that in our uh, new section. Might as well just bring it up now. <laughs> Liv Morgan uh, suffered a an injury that resulted in the planned women's tag team championship match not taking place on Monday's Raw. WWE announced on Monday's Raw that uh, Morgan suffered an injury during the tag match on last week's episode of SmackDown. Morgan and Raquel were so supposed to defend against uh, Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville, but the match was canceled and Rodriguez in, in Instead, face Chelsea Green. There, there was no word on the manner of severity of the injury. And then Fightful had an update saying that Liv Morgan was legitimately injured, and it's not a mere storyline angle. And a couple of wrestlers are reportedly got banged up during last Friday's women's tag team title match that included Dakota Kai. And then it was announced on last night's show that Morgan will be out of action for a considerable amount of time. Uh, so Liv and Raquel have to relinquish the W. WWE Women's Tag Team titles. There will be a fatal four-way match with Raquel Rodriguez and a partner of her choosing versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus SmackDown's Damage Control, uh, uh, Bailey and EO Sky versus Chelsea Green oh and Sonya God, Deville just... to determine new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions on the May 29th episode of Raw. I think you put it in a great, in a great synopsis, Chrissy. Everything that is wrong with the WWE draft. Because one, WWE proved in the past eight months, you didn't need to do a draft. Just putting people on whatever show was working for them. They were getting record ratings, making record buy rates, having the most watched this, the most watched that. They didn't need to do a draft. Then you had Paul come out on TV saying you're going to change the game with this WWE draft. All they changed was the fact that nothing makes sense. <laughs> nothing makes sense. You got the Raw Women's Champion on SmackDown. You got the SmackDown Women's Champion on Raw. You got you got. Paul like how Heyman confusing is SmackDown. that for them to even announce that when they come out? Like, oh yeah, we're on SmackDown. The Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair. Then spray paint it fucking blue or make it purple. I don't know. Like, do something. <laughs> spray paint it blue or paint it purple. <laughs> Mix it purple. Blue, blue and purple. Blue and red together. Like, make, make it the freaking hideous perfect. color you did with the damn NXT belt. Like, I don't know. But, like, make it make, like, it's not, it, the math is not mathing. I'm sorry. Like, it, it doesn't add up at all. You can't subtract one and add another one. Like, it's not working. The formula, where's the formula? You know how you have the formula when you start a math problem? There's no fucking formula. You're just doing, you're just, just putting shit together. Yeah. And, and to answer Annika in the chat, she's like, y'all believe Triple H is this crazy? Yes, I believe that Triple H is the one that doesn't want to do a belt swap. Because if this was Vince in charge, we would have just done a belt swap. And we would, that one complaint would have been mm. over. But I think that Triple H remembers how bad the belt swap is. But, but this is, you don't this have has to do a belt H- swap. But, you but just this do it behind the scenes. This, this has been Triple H one-on-one since he became in charge. Any problem that Vince McMahon created for him, he doesn't know how to solve it. He just lets it be. Did, Roman has both titles. Oh, let's create a third world title. Um, like <laughs> Austin, Austin Theory has money in the bank. Oh, well, let's have him cash in on a mid-card title. Like he is not, he is not making any solutions to the problems that Vince McMahon gave him. He's making more problems. 
we forgot Austin Theory cashed in on a mid card title. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 as much as I want to, bl- I would love to blame this on Visek Man. I think it would be a lot. I think I think that's what that's what Triple H wants y'all to do. He wants y'all to blame it all on Visek Man. But this is Triple H one on one. He does not know the solution to the problems that Visek Man gave him. Yes, Visek Man gave him those problems, but your job is to come up with a solution, and you have gave us zero. I'm yep. sorry. Sorry to call out flawed Paul. Or as as Caden said in the chat, Hunter worse Hemsley. Um it's I love it's... that. That's yeah. <laughs> like that's he... that's what we're gonna have to do because I I I I it's just it if you are a person and you've been in the business and you know the ins and outs and roundabouts and everything, you you've got God, you've married into this, so you you have not learned anything. Like, what do we do? We need one on one teaching or something? Like, how to be a bad boss, Paul Levesque. End of story. Like, how to be the worst booker, Paul Levesque. Like, shit, you make Tony Khan look like a fucking angel. <laughs> We've already talked about Tony Khan in his. That's what I'm saying, so. and, and that's what I'm exactly. Hello, I was being stupid. Like, come on, like let's I know, just, no, no, I, I know, I know. So it was like, how do you make the like? Let's make this like. Oh yeah, let's do this, and then we do like and like what? What do we do? Like, why? Like, and then now we're about to have like these whole matches. And we're gonna now have like these like just have everyone just go back and forth. Like it, 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 it was not a bad formula. Like it, it, it worked. It wasn't bad. You still made people look good going back and forth. Like, I can see what you did, Fairy and Gunther. Sure, swap. Great. They have different belts. No problem. But then it's now it's like, okay, the tag titles are going be, being defended on Raw and on SmackDown because they're both belts. Great. But then you're like, let's just change the ladies. Oh, but no, wait. We're going to keep the guys over on Raw and on, you know, and keep, you know, keep her here, but we're going to make her win the championship. Like, yeah, I just don't understand why they're doing this title match on Raw with a SmackDown team. Like, if you wanted, if, if you wanted to do this match, the perfect spot was Night of Champions. But I guess you can't right. have that many women in Saudi Arabia. Oh, you already have three women's matches on <laughs> Night of Champions. You want four? Yep. <sighs> yeah, they're like, they're like Saudi Saudi Prince was like, no, nah, no, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we have a women, eight more women, get, yeah. Or WWE was like, it, we don't have enough fabric to cover all that skin. Come on. I mean, the thing about the tag titles is like, Liv Morgan got off easy. Now she doesn't have to tap out to Ronda Rousey. So it's like, because like Ronda I mean, and Shane are obviously winning this. Right. My second would have been um, uh, Chelsea and, and um, Sonya. But hey, we already know who why they brought them back. Okay, mm. fine. Let's finish that part. But it's like. What 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 what's what's the the math about all of this? Like, Liv has Why been the winner of this all. Like, she's won the, the 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 championship and she got the the tag titles all in like what six months. Now sit home and just relax. Yep. Now you could just recover from from the injury. But I guess we'll be talking more about what they do with this WWE Women's Tag Tired. Team Championship. Lay down, shit. 
<laughs> she needs a cigarette after that. Um, <laughs> the other WWE note from SmackDown is uh, WWE is offering refunds after incorrect promotional material advertised Roman Reigns for an upcoming house show appearance. He was supposed to appear in Fayetteville, North Carolina, uh, but WWE has now issued the following statement to multiple platforms. Incorrect promotional material was released that advertised Roman Reigns in Fayetteville. This Saturday, May 20th, Roman will not be in Fayetteville, so refunds will be available at the point of purchase until 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it was reported earlier this month that Roman Reigns was listed among talent for this year's uh, Money in the Bank at the O2 Arena, and WWE made that confirmed this week that he will be there, as well as the SmackDown the night before in London, England. And then according to Worked Wrestling, one pitch discussed for Money in the Bank would see Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa team up together to take on the Usos. This would allow WWE to push back Reigns' next undisputed WWE Universal title defense until SummerSlam. Doc, I wanted to ask you, with Roman Reigns probably being on Money in the Bank and the rumor that he might be versing the Usos, this would mean that we wouldn't get a WWE Undisputed Universal Championship match for the first time since WrestleMania until SummerSlam. I feel like we're back in the early 90s and 80s again. What do you think, Doc? They they really play fast and loose with the rules here. Like they for years it was operated on a whole you have to defend the belt every 30 days. That hasn't been a thing in a long time. Uh I don't know. Like maybe have Roman defend the title randomly on SmackDown one week and just beat the crap out of somebody, but I just, like, if the whole thing is let's get him to a thousand days, all right, we're really close to that. We need to work towards the end game of who's going to go over him and take that title. They had the perfect chance with Cody. They had the perfect chance with Sammy. At this point, like, if it's neither of them, it's got to be Jay, right? Yeah, at this point, I mean, we've been saying that for months that Jay Uso was the one that made the most sense to if you want to complete the story, he would be the one to get the shot at finish the story. It's finish the story. Not complete. Oh, sorry. I didn't didn't even want to use that term because they've overused (laughs) that term so much. The part of me that like kind of likes to watch the world burn every once in a while. Is almost like you know Goldberg is on this farewell tour, <laughs> retirement match against Roman Reigns. Why don't you book it? Just have Saudi. him have him come in, take the title from Reigns, and then retire and just leave the belts in the ring. Oh man, the world would blow up, but it would be funny. I would love it. I would love it so much. Um, I I honestly want to take a break from WWE to give Chrissy a break. Um, after after that discussion, 
Do what you need to do, friends. Okay. Uh, Let's go yeah, back yeah. to talking about Nickelodeon shows. Yeah. <laughs> what 90s Nickelodeon shows did you watch? Make, make her feel better. Make her feel better after she, she went off. I know everybody's going to be clipping that one. for Clarissa uh, explains it all, anybody? There you no. go. <laughs> explains it all. That's the new, that's the new segment. Taina was a great show as well. That's the hidden yeah. gem, Taina. That was good. That was good. What about you, Scott? What's your favorite Nickelodeon show? Um, I was a big Jimmy Neutron guy. Yeah, <laughs> love Jimmy Neutron. Well, I actually rewatched them in 2020. I rewatched the TV show. Nice. It was a great time. It was a great time. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll let we'll let Chrissy and 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 Doc uh, play some cards as we'll we'll move on to New Japan <laughs> before we go back to WWE. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling had their best of Super Juniors day three through seven this week. Uh, day three featured Leo Rush defeating uh, Hiromu Takahashi in an excellent main event. You had uh, Francisca Akira beat Robbie Eagles in an absolute banger. You also had El Des. Desperado beat Master Wato in a very good matchup. Speedball Mike Bailey defeated TJP in a great clash. Then uh, day four featured Kushida uh, picking up his first win in a wonderful technical wrestling clinic against Speedball Mike Bailey. Leo Rush defeated Taji Ishimori in a terrific what? main event. He also had... Day five uh, features Speedball Mike Bailey beating Teton in a great matchup. Taji Ishimori basically eliminating Kushida in a very good contest in a Wrestle Kingdom 2019 rematch. You had Yo defeating El Desperado in a brilliant main event. Day six featured Master Wado beating Robbie Eagles in a good main event. Teton defeated Leo Rush in a fabulous sprint. Hiromu Takahashi defeated Kushida via countout in one of the wildest matchups of the damn tournament. They fought in the grass. They listened to CM Punk, and they touched grass, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And Day 7 uh, featured Leo Rush defeating Kushida in a very good bout. You also had El Desperado beat Dan Maloney in a hard-hitting affair. Taiji Shibori defeating Speedball Mike Bailey in an excellent encounter. And Hiromu Takahashi defeating TJ Plee in a splendid main event. Uh, what would you say? Give us your, your top matches from this past week, Scott, from the best of the Super Juniors. I know oh, we were both man. high on the main event of Day 7, for sure, with yeah, TJP yeah. and Aromu. Would it put me on the spot? Um, <laughs> off the top of my head, what happened this past week? I know you just went over it, but I have to remember dates-wise. Um, I can't I can't say well, you can Leo Rush with and Hiromu. Leo Rush. Yes, I know. Yeah, Leo Rush, Leo Rush and Hiromu was like phenomenal obviously because they were very different from their championship match which i enjoyed like there was a different pace to it i think leo rush has been the story of the tournament whether it's just his i think his his acceptance in japan like everyone just loves this guy Mm. um obviously desperado and yo was like that for me was like another coming out match for Yo, who I'm obviously a, such a big fan of. I have been for a long time. I loved his match with Hiromu for the title earlier this year. I thought that was his coming Great out match. party, actually. Yeah. But now this tournament has been another coming out party for him. It's almost, it's almost like we're getting to the point where it's now or never for Yo, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's you got to give him the belt or he's never going to get that spot. Um, I don't think he's winning the tournament though. 
Um, I wish he was, but I, I just I like I'm his happy. swagger. He just has this yeah. for him in the tournament so far. Teaming with Leo was everything for him. He he transformed himself as not only a wrestler but an entertainer just by working off of someone like Leo Rush. And listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna sing the praise of Leo Rush a lot, and we'll talk about Speedball, I'm sure, in a few minutes too. But uh, it's it was a great week of action. I can't believe it's over next. Week. Only, only you got day eight, which is the the both blocks, and then you got the separate block nights with block A and block B having separate nights for the final block action, and then the semifinals and the finals is next Sunday. Uh, we haven't had you on the show in a while, Scott. So give us your finals prediction and your winner of the best. Of the oh boy, my finals prediction. Um, Who's so left I- over? Uh, everybody is really in it, but there's a four-way tie in the A block with Speedball, Leo Rush, Taji Shimori, and Hiromu. And then mm-hmm. in the B block, it's a four-way tie with, I believe, El Desperado, Robbie Eagles, Yo, and I want to say Francisco Akira. But, now, has um, any one of these guys ever won? Uh, Taji Shimori and Hiromu. Okay. Well, Taji, no, Taji Ichimori's always been to the finals, but he never has Oh, right. He's one. always champion and, when he goes. Yeah, he's always the uh. champion, usually. <laughs> but Hiromu yeah. has won four. So he's yeah. the only one out of like the guys that are still in the pack. He can't win. That is uh, at the yeah, end. He can't win. He's not. He's, he's, you won uh, already. You don't need to win he's, again. He's the champion. He's a four time winner and a champion. Okay, yeah. Then, then you don't need if to If I had my preference, it would be Desperado and literally anyone else with, <laughs> with Desperado winning. But I think Taiji Ishimori is winning this year, um, which doesn't excite me. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna clue you in. I'm not a big Taiji Ishimori guy. I've been kind of bored of Taiji Ishimori for a few years now. So the fact that he's probably gonna win because they just go back to their guys every time, right? It, for me, when the tournament started, I was like, all right, it's gonna be Kashida, Taiji Ishimori, or El Desperado. I'm not gonna. Not gonna jump out and say like speedball or Leo Rush. It's not get crazy, right? Because this is for the Dominion show. And I feel like they want to go to a staple here because they're going to someone new, obviously, with the world heavyweight title. So it's almost like Desperado and Haromu's the match to me. And it's always the match for the junior side of things. But it's been a while for Ishimori. Like you said, he doesn't win this tournament. He just does everything else in the junior side of this. Yeah, they, they've been really emphasizing how he has the best record of anyone in the tournament in yeah. the in the yeah. best of Super Juniors. But they've been comparing him to a great regular season team that can't mm. deliver in the playoffs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the Warriors. Oh, come on. The Warriors won <laughs> championships. Come on. They've won, but they, they, they've been hard for the last two years. Back just because, they, they've lost just the because they let season. you down. Just because it's they okay. let you down, they let a lot of people down. Don't, okay, don't. They, they, let, they let a lot of people down. Just don't bring up my team, and we're all good. Uh, you said Warriors in five. You said Warriors in five. What happened to that? Well, you said the you said the Lakers, Lakers in five. Lakers what? won. That's all that matters. <laughs> it, it don't matter the number. It just matters that they won. And we're down 0-2 right now, so I, I understand your pain. Scott. Hey, I understand your pain. yeah, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Joe Mazzulla is getting dunked on every single game. It's great. Love it. But uh, that's besides the point. Anyways, <laughs> I think it's Ishimori and Desperado in the final. My preferred win is Desperado. My expected win is Ishimori. 
like you said, Speedball Mike Bailey, he's been my MVP. I've been rooting for him. Also, I wanted to shout out Kevin Kelly on day six, who wished me happy birthday on air during the Best of the Super Juniors. Marked the hell out to that. And Speedball was on commentary for that show. So that nice. was great. We got I two think birthday shout outs. Nice. You're doing the I, salute. I was like, did Sean Dean get in this tournament? No, 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 no. Like John Cena. No. Um, <laughs> so I'm going with Speedball and uh, Desperado in the finals. But I think, I think Speedball, I like your final better. Yeah. I think Speedball has kind of had all a lot of great matches. Like Teton, that surprised the hell out great. of me how yeah. great that was. Taji Ishimori on day seven, that was an excellent bout. But uh, Speedball's been delivering still the match of the tournament is Speedball and Orobu on day can, one. I agree. Can I give you my hot take on Speedball that I had going into this tournament? Go ahead. I was legitimately worried. Because someone like yourself who's seen like every big speedball match for the past two years, it's clear that he has like his style match. It's like, all right, let me miss my double knees one way or the other. Let's, you know, do all this. But he's changed it up in this tournament and it's been a breath yeah. of fresh air. And he has to because he's facing all these new guys, right? Like that match with Hiromu felt so different from his usual matches. The match with Teton, again, felt so different from his usual matches. He's had. A phenomenal tournament. If I call Leah Rush the story of the tournament, Speedball is the MVP of the tournament. I totally agree. He's had great showing after great showing. I'd love to see if one of them got to the finals just because I feel like having the international talent in there wouldn't be a bad thing, especially because they've kind of been the highlights except for Dan Baloney. Um, yes, I called him Baloney. I can't stand the guy. So boring. Uh, but <laughs> I think everyone else has been a highlight. I think Francesco Akira is a stud in the making. I think TJP's really showed out, and TJP's a guy yeah. I kind of got bored with after a while. But from catch 2-2 two -two to this tournament, he stood out. I like an international guy to hit that final. I think Speedball or Leo Rush deserves that spot. And if either of them lost to Del El Desperado, I'd be perfectly happy with that. Yeah, I think I think we're I'm just with you. I know Jay News had the same pick. We're all going for El Desperado. He needs to finally win the the finals. So we're in agreement there. But it, it feels more meaningful for him as opposed to Taiji Ishimori. Like we've all accepted Ishimori's just done everything, right? Desperado still feels like he's never been champion despite being champion. Like I want him to win and beat Hiromu at Dominion. That feels like the ultimate, like, okay, Desperado is our guy now, right? Um, I, I have some fear, though, because I know he's doing some outside dates still and whatnot. So it's like, oh, is this a Sonata scenario? Like, are we just not going to go with this guy because he's not, like, full, full-time? Um, I hope I hope I'm wrong. He can at least win the tournament. Like, if Hiromu kept yeah. the title, I wouldn't be upset. Hiromu's on the run of his life right now, so... It wouldn't be that bad, but uh, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed all around for a desperado. But thank you so much, Scott. So so Chrissy Love could take a breather, and and Scott could could get his you know he's he's like jotting down notes of oh okay I know Hiromu how do you spell it um so we were able to talk about best of Super Juniors here. Thank you so much for joining us, Scott. Please let the people know where they can follow you on social media and what you got going on across all your many platforms, sir. Yeah, of course you can follow me at Scotty Wrestling as it says. Oh, wrong point. 
right there. Um, you can uh, check out my stuff at Fightful. Check out my five-star Joshi show. I do a lot of Joshi content. If you follow me, you'll figure that out very quickly. Um, uh, we've been doing some really cool stuff. Next weekend is Flashing Champions for Stardom, so another big week coming up for me in terms of content. So if you want to you know, jump in to Stardom at any time, we have a double title match coming up. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, you can also check out my other podcast. I do Ring Post Radio every Sunday morning, talking about the big happenings in wrestling. So I'll finally have to talk about CM Punk against my will. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've held back. Listen, I'm a CM Punk fan, so uh, that that shouldn't tell you like how I feel about it. But I am a CM Punk fan. He's the he's one of my all time favorites. That being said, I stare at the camera for a reason. There are <laughs> situations that. Uh, we got to discuss because, you know, it hasn't been a pretty time uh, to be a CM Punk fan. But I'm I'm excited for Collision. I'll just say that, okay? Um, but thank you so much for having me once again. Hope to uh, be back here on the channel soon in the future. Yes, I, I'll probably hit you up so we could do something on Twitch for uh, Flashing Champions because uh, I yeah. need my, my stardom expert as per usual. I'll thank you there. so much, Scott. I appreciate you, my brother. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Have a good one. Later. And we got another hot tag as Scott is Later. out. We're going to put in another hot, hot, hot special guest here with us. Joining us for the first time here on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. Someone I've been wanting to have on for a very long time. He's asked me to be on his platform as well. Uh, the co-host of Between Two Beards on Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern time. You can see him love wrestling CA contributor, content creator. It is Pluggo joining us. Thank you, Pluggo. Hey. Being patient in the backstage area. I appreciate you, good it's sir. It's all good, my friend. I'm just here to put some respect on the secret life of Alex Mack. Oh, we're talking 90s. <laughs> Turn into a puddle, y'all. Y'all Only reason I'm here. Put some respect <laughs> on that show. Come on. Come on. How dare you, Doc? Doc, you didn't mention Secret World of Alex Mack. Come on. Come on, I didn't Doc. Realize, I mean, was I supposed to chronicle every show from A to yes. hey, Right. Doc, you mentioned, yes. you, mentioned, you mentioned Carissa explains it all. Put some respect on the Secret World of Alex Mack. Come on. Well, okay. Who, who was the main actress in Alex Mack? Uh, I remember her because she was one of face. Sean Hunter's. She was one of Sean Hunter's many girlfriends yes, on Boy Meets World. Yes. I but you, remember that. But you damn well know Melissa Joan Hart was the star. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. You got me there. You got me there, sir. It was uh, Larissa Olenek. Well, now Ol that I caused a riff, I'll see you Olenek. <laughs> Oh, 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 he knew it. He knew the last name, too. He was just trying to play me. He tried to put me on the spot. Well, no, Look as soon as guy. you said it, I knew who she was. But yeah, she, uh, Olay Nick, it's like Olay, you know. Like, but... <laughs> Olay, 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 Olay. Um, getting some pops in the, in the live chat. Love that's, wrestling. That's just the boss making sure I don't screw something up. 
Hey, boss. No, you're getting, getting your love. Ryan saying, uh, Pluggo. Uh, hey. saying, what's up, Pluggo? Uh, and we also got Annika saying, nice to put a name to the face, Pluggo. See, there you go. Yeah. There you go. I, 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 I got to shout you out, SP3, for the all the hot, hot, hots. My wife doesn't even give me that many hots when she describes me, man. And, you're, and your uh, wife's in the chat here. Yeah. Look at this. Look at this. The love. She's the a big man. <laughs> Hi, Mrs. Pluggo. Hi, honey. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, we brought you in. I told you beforehand we're just going to talk about impact. Well, we got some WWE to chat. I had to give Chrissy Love uh, a break after yeah. that rant we had. The, the I was enjoying all of it. It was quite the banter, man. <laughs> just getting heated. I was with you. I'm glad you didn't have me on like early with the CM Punk stuff, and then that dra WWE draft stuff. I could have gone for about three hours and just how yeah, fired you, up we I could we could definitely that. talk about it. Just just it just. Oh my god. But I don't know which one is worse, to be honest. <laughs> They're very frustrating to all it's of us. Very, but very frustrating as a fan to like really sit down and enjoy these things when they just do such foolishness. When, when they make you feel like you don't know what you're watching. Right. Yes. Yeah. What are what are the rules? Um like <laughs> we're gonna talk uh, a little bit here about WWE Raw this past week. They did a uh, one point seven eight five million viewers. The show featured the judgment days Finn Balor and Damian Priest defeating undisputed WWE tag team champions Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in a very good non title main event thanks to interference from Empyrean, the meddling of uh, Paul Heyman, putting everybody against Owens and Zayn. You also had uh, Becky Lynch cut a passionate promo to challenge Trish Stratus to a showdown at Night of Champions. And also had Mustafa Ali won a very fun number one contenders yes. battle royal that set up JD McDonough versus uh, Dolph Ziggler, Matt Riddle as a future challenger for Gunther, and uh, Mustafa Ali will face Gunther for, uh, for the Intercontinental Championship at Night of of champions plugo what was your main highlight from this week's raw well it was that battle royal because i actually sometimes battle royals can get kind of hokey and all over the place but like this one felt like they gave everybody like something to do I feel super bad for mustafa ali though i think gunther's gonna slap him into the second row with one of those chops as much as i love you know, what ali's doing oh, i'm just no. oh poor guy <laughs> that chest of his is just going to be ravished but no i i enjoyed the the Battle Royal was awesome. I had a good time with that. Like I said, it gave people something to do, which is what you want, <laughs> instead of just spot after spot. So that was fun. Um, the Becky Lynch promo I thought was awesome. I'm a Becky Lynch stan, so anything she does, I'm usually a huge fan of. And I just want to see Becky Lynch and Trish. Like, I can't wait for it to happen. I'm excited. That's happening at Night of Champions, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, yeah. let's go, because it feels like it's taken a little while. Like, they drug it out a little bit with the Becky's missing stuff. But, hey. We're finally going to get it. So overall, I enjoyed Raw. I thought Raw was a good time. Um, starting to give some storylines to some of these new people that have been drafted, as well as you're still telling stories for people that aren't on the show. But hey, whatever. Hey, yes. whatever. Tell your, What's your the brand split? Story. What's the brand split? I don't Who know. What is it? They don't know. The worst part about it is it, it takes them literally maybe like a little bit extra effort just to explain this stuff to us and we'd be fine. <laughs> like, could you have Michael Cole explaining why um, Apollo Crews is now back on um, Raw? Like, oh yeah, he, he went back over to NXT and had a stand of it. Well, not um, 
what's the boy name? I can't not Michael Cole. What's the other guy name that's on? Right? Uh, Ryan uh, Patrick, Mr. Kevin Ke Patrick. Ke yes, Kevin Patrick. Yes, sorry, Patrick. Um, but yeah, you have them <laughs> explaining these things on commentate on the commentator table, like like the fans in the crowd can hear you saying these things. Oh yeah, he's back after like being a, doing a stint and you know getting himself better on NXT. Like what? Huh? Like what are you saying, sir? Like. <laughs> Very confusing. Uh, I, I want to watch out for Mustafa Ali. I was very happy for him. Uh, I was yeah. like, okay, well, finally, you know, he's gonna lose, but at least he, you know, he got at least a good, credible win instead of like jobbing to like foolishness. It would be bad. We got to stay positive. Ali wants us to be positive and <laughs> positive Ali. Positive <laughs> Ali that he's going to lose to. Yeah, Gunther. he colors his hair. He takes the braids out. And now he's positive. Great. Sure, like we don't see the changes that you guys invoked in him. Great, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask Doc about this particular note from uh, Monday Night Raw that uh, WWE superstar and World Heavyweight Championship contender Seth Rollins wasn't exactly on the show. He had an interview segment, but he was spotted this week on set for the upcoming Captain America New World Order film. He was seen on set in full wardrobe in Atlanta, nice. Georgia because of that project uh, as reported by I worked wrestling the interview segments with Rollins that aired on Raw uh, were actually pre-taped because obviously he wasn't at the show. Uh, the concern becomes whether these kind of movie roles are going to become commonplace for Rollins, which would mean similar situations where he won't be able to be present at WWE shows. And that kind of defeats the whole premise of having the new world title be on a full-time star, unlike the undisputed uh, Universal Champion Roman Reigns. If Rollins wins and then ends up with more movie roles it would kind of defeat that whole point uh because of all of this there was reported a hesit hesitance uh to put the title on him though worked wrestling said that it was only a minority of people that felt this way and according to the wrestling observer newsletter rollins will miss this monday's episode of raw because he will be continuing to film the captain america movie i know you're a big marvel fan doc what do you think about seth being in the upcoming captain america movie and do you think this is going to lead to more for him? I mean, it looks like he's in the Serpent Society, maybe. And I have a feeling he's not going to be a very big character. He'll probably be a henchman who dies really quickly. <laughs> All... Damn. Okay. I mean, like, look at where most of these WWE people start in their acting career. Like, Batista True. was on an episode of Smallville getting his butt handed to him by Tom Welling. You know, you got to pay your dues, I guess. But like the fact that they cut Becky Lynch out of Eternals and now her husband is going to be in a movie like that feels criminal to me. Hey, that's revenge for Seth for Becky getting the main event of WrestleMania 35. That's you how it works. Okay, sure. <laughs> Whatever. Soul for a soul. It's more um, soul for a soul. I don't soul think, for a soul. Wow. I don't wow. think he's gonna run off to Hollywood or anything like that. I, I think I think Seth likes wrestling too much. Mm -hmm. I don't think he has that drive to be the Hollywood star like The Rock did, you know. He gets there and gets that bug, though. I will say, the WWE does know how to handle not having a world championship around for three years, so they probably could make it work. <laughs> They'll figure it out somehow, right? Uh, just say, <laughs> there's a reason they created this title, was to avoid this problem, but at least they know how to handle it when it comes back up again. 
They'll just create a fourth title. (laughs) Circle in the trains, as they do. (laughs) Uh, Final uh, raw note that I wanted to touch on. Randy Orton has been off of TV, of WWE TV, since May of last year. And Bob Orton uh, gave some information in regards to that, speaking with Bill After for WrestleVinge Sports Kita. He said that, and I quote, he's training. We'll see what happens. I don't know if he feels like going back or when it feels like he's ready to go back. I think he might then again he's pretty well taken care of i don't think he needs to i think the doctors have told him not to and randy will do what randy's going to do randy orton has been dealing with back injuries as and as of now there's no word on when he might return to the ring but hearing that doctors have told them that he shouldn't return to the ring do you think uh what do you think is the chances that randy orton would be able to say he'll call it a career chrissy love what do you put the percentage at zero to one? Ooh. That he will not come back, you mean? Yeah. Mm. 45? That's pretty high. That's pretty high. I think I, I, I think that Randy Orton loves wrestling. So he I loves would, I feel I would... like he will come back, but I feel like a 45% chance that he's like one foot in, one foot. Like he'll be like a he'll be like a Brock Lesnar. You know what I'm saying? Like you can do that, sir. That's you've done everything. You don't you don't need to be full time. Um, so you can do like 45% like here this way. You know, you don't have to do everything. It's okay. Plugo, what do you think? What do you, yeah, what do um, you think you put the percentage on here? Real quick, hi Owen. My son's watching. My little son. Hi Owen, how are you? Daddy's, daddy's right here. Um, I had to shout him out. I got to shout out the little guys, my of buddy. Course, um, of course. <laughs> he's probably like wondering what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> if I'm Randy Orton, based on if I'm Randy Orton, I think it's pretty high that he comes back because he would want to come back. I guess he's done everything. He doesn't. He's. I don't think he wants to go out like that. And we've seen everybody and their mother return after these career ending injuries so 20% that he that he come doesn't come back i think there's a chance he'll come back at some point mm-hmm. never say never right it's i feel bad like that's it's Randy Orton man i want to see him have like a final run you know so and especially after we never really got Triple H yeah. having a retirement match to now find out like his one of his protégés exactly. couldn't have it. That would be sad for wrestling fans. And that's why I asked, rather than asking, would he return? What's the likelihood he's coming back? Because I feel like Orton loves wrestling. That the question is, would he actually think about calling it a career to to prevent himself from any more injuries? Uh, let's ask I don't think Doc anybody would blame him. No, yeah. no. You got to think about your livelihood and think about wanting to walk when you're older, when you're your dad's age. Doc, what about you? What do you put the percentages on Randy Orton potentially not coming back to the ring? I mean, unless they tell him like, hey, you know, you're going to be paralyzed if you take one more bump. We'll probably get a retirement match out of him at some point or another. But yeah, I don't think we're ever going to see a title reign or another Mm -hmm. full-time run out of him. And we don't really need to. I mean, he's had a great long career, like pretty much exclusively in WWE. Yeah. Um, You know, I don't think he has anything left to prove. So, although I, I will say that I would have liked him to have been the one to actually break flair's record not tie it 
Mm. Like, like would have fit the yeah. story. Yeah. But like, you know, it is what it is. You can't go back and change the past. Right. And we got Rickety in the chat who says he may return, but I doubt he will wrestle again. So yeah, we might get a Triple H situation where he just comes back to say, "Hey, uh, I got to call it a career" or something like that. And uh, Ryan saying Edge came back, and we were told it wasn't going to happen. So yeah, it can always change in the next couple of years. But I don't know how much longer he can like be out without saying anything. Because it's been it's been over a year now, um, but finally with WWE we had NXT this week. They did six hundred and one thousand viewers. The show featured Roxanne Perez beating JC Jane, while Cora Jade defeated Fallon Henley to advance in the NXT Women's Championship tournament. Uh, those two matches will go down next week, as it's going to be Roxanne Perez versus Tiffany Stratton and Cora Jade going one on one with Lyra Valkyrie in the semifinals of the tournament. With the winners going on to Battleground. You also had the Creed brothers beat the Dyad in a good tag team matchup. Following the match, the Creed's challenged Gallus to an NXT Tag Team Championship match at NXT Battleground. Wesley and Tyler Bate were jumped by the schism, leading to Lee uh, accepting the challenges of both Joe Gacy and Tyler Bate for a triple threat match at Battleground. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams defeated Charlie Dempsey and Drew Gulak to end the show. Bello got into a big brawl with Braun Breaker to set up their battleground main event. Um, this was kind of a, if you missed it, shrug type of episode of NXT for me. I don't know what you guys thought. Playoffs. It was kind of like, yeah, it was kind of like a maintenance show, basically, getting them to uh, battleground. They made some We don't matches, have a women's but... champion. We don't have tag titles. What are, what are we watching? <laughs> Chrissy Love, I the love deadliest the, back, you the deadliest backstage area in wrestling history. That's what we're watching. You mean parking lot? Parking lot backstage. The backstage yes. is getting a little violent too, Doc. Don't wait. Hey, they had spilling they had, over. They had Dragonoff get tortured on the episode. If you if you guys watched, he got tortured for a full two hours. But was that show. like in his private torture dungeon, or was that backstage? <laughs> We don't know. The world one may the never same. know. Because you know he has one. <laughs> it's Dragunov. <laughs> but, uh, man. Okay. So, more of why the draft is pointless. Why is Roxanne in any of this? Isn't she on NXT? Or isn't she on SmackDown now? No, no. She didn't no. get drafted. She didn't get drafted. For some reason, yeah. she didn't get drafted. Oh, yeah, because at the time she was a champion. That's why. They had the belt. No, no, no. Mandy was though? the champion. She was on a Smack episode of SmackDown a few months back, but I, she, she, the Roxanne. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, so she hasn't officially back. been called up. Yeah, I think gotcha. that's the only reason she's in this tournament is kind of like some credibility. I have a feeling Tiffany Stratton's going to figure out a way to get this done. There's finally like, they should have like, did that from before. And yeah, they should have did that. Whatever. I thought yeah, exactly, and then Indy got hurt, and then she got drafted, and it's a mess. Like they just. Dumb. It's hard to watch NXT from start to finish every week. Like I sometimes I have to just be like, all right, the Hulu version the next morning. It's only 45 minutes long and get it in, get it out, be done. Why are they so invested in these cowboys? (laughs) (laughs) That has been some of the worst acting I've ever seen, but it's so bad that you're just like, hmm. 
okay. I, I, I feel like at home with those because it feels like a teen drama. The whole Brooks and Jensen <laughs> yes. and Fallon Enley and Kiana James. It feels like an episode of Cowboy Dawson's Creek. I'll see no, no, you no. behind the bleachers after third period. It feels oh. like it feels like a porno that never gets to the good part. <laughs> That's how bad this acting is. I wouldn't know what you're talking about, Doc. <laughs> On the nose, he's like, he's like, my missus and my kid is watching, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Mrs. Plugo is in the chat, Doc. I don't know what you mean by good parts. He knows what not, you mean. Um, our- yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we had Ring of Honor TV this week on Honor Course. Moving on swiftly. I'm uh, sorry. The show. <laughs> the show featured. Well, the this show has been featured- fun. <laughs> He's like, I'm sleeping on the couch tonight. Did I uh, just the end be- the podcast? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the show featured uh, Dar- Darius Martin and Action Andretti beating the kingdom in a crazy fight without honor main event. You also had Ray Phoenix defeating Gringo Loco in a super fun opener. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. defeated A.R. Fox in a rock-solid Styles Clash to retain the NJPW World Television Championship. And what I've been saying lacking on this show is actually storytelling. We had some storytelling after the match. Post-match, ZSJ called himself the most active TV champion in the business, which led to ROH TV champion Samoa Joe confronting him. And then uh, Christopher Daniels and Matt Seidel came out to challenge both men which led to zsj proposing the tv champs team up to face them next week doc i see you've been watching roh tv what did you think about this week's episode i thought it was one of the better ones that they put together namely because it's in universal studios that's always makes the better episodes <laughs> for it's way better whenever they're at the studio you have a better crowd you have longer shows frankly um, we were only getting 90 minutes regularly whenever they were with AEW. So, but man, they got to stop packing 11 matches onto every one of these shows. Yeah. Like, it, it's too much. <laughs> I know you're trying to feature as many of your talents as you can. And I appreciate that, especially when it comes to the women. Like, getting three women's matches every week regularly is pretty great. But my God, just <laughs> yeah, could I give just, me, give I me just the occasion. What as, yeah. a, as a guy that doesn't, I don't watch a ton of the Ring of Honor stuff because it's kind of conflicting with podcasting and things. Couldn't they, since it's on Honor Club, do like eight matches and maybe give you three? Like you know, here, check this out on the weekend. This is what we taped instead of packing I mean, it all into yeah, one. Theoretically, they could make every show six hours long if they wanted to it's yeah. you know <laughs> like, <they> want. <laughs> but it just goes like match 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 interview match 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 segment match 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 like <laughs> it is and there's no commercials no it is a breakneck pace um i like and i think maybe i don't like it because I cover the show for Bleacher Report, so it makes my life hard. <laughs> maybe if, really I, know. Maybe if I was just on. a viewer, uh, I, I wouldn't care as much. But like, I never watched Dark and Elevation for the same reason. It was kind of just like, and I don't know, Ring of Honor. I, I love what they're doing with a few things like Athena, 
amazing. Great. Yeah. All this yeah. stuff with the righteous so far has been really fun. But they really have got to start like working on some of these other divisions. Where are the tag team champions? Like we've seen the six man champions together one time in the last like two months. Um, they just need a little bit more cohesion there. And it feels like they don't have enough of a division between who's an AEW, who's an ROH. That is true. They, they need, need to, to start. Uh, yeah. Like they need to work split. on that. <laughs> well, like do yeah. an actual brand. Split. <laughs> more of the soft Dynamite. brand split. We need a hard rock hard brand split here. Like, and I understand that you might want people like Eddie Kingston because he brings name recognition to float between both companies or, or a Claudio, but like, you know, label Willow as ring of honor label Athena as ring of honor Mercedes. And then, you know, actually build some of these divisions up a little bit. And then if you want to move them back to AEW at some point, cause Tony did go on record and say like ROH is going to kind of serve as a developmental brand for AEW. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I think we're starting to see some of the darkification is what I yes. called it. Like <laughs> it's they're turning it into AEW Dark 2.0, which isn't a bad thing if you liked AEW Dark. Yeah, but this one has a little bit more story yeah. than AEW Dark even did. Sure, so. but give me like eight quality matches instead of 11 with three squashes. Yes, I agree. I agree there. And then our final What We Missed show was Impact on Access TV, which was a regular, uh, a noticeably big show because they had the in-ring debut of Trinity, her getting the win over Kylie King in a fun little matchup. You also had Trey Miguel beat Laredo Kid in a fun opener. Post-match, Miguel demanded respect, leading to Chris Sabin, who came out and cut a spirited promo to further develop their X Division Championship match coming up at Under Siege. Alex Shelley, Jonathan Gresham and you are your Mora defeated uh, Eddie Kings. Uh, no, not Eddie Kingston. Excuse me. You got Eddie Kingston on my mind. Eddie Edwards, uh, Frankie <laughs> Kazarian uh, and Moose in a very good six man tag team main event as well. And we'll give you the quick predictions for under siege. But first we got Chrissy Love's favorite segment match of the week. As we're going to give you our top three, top five matches of the week. Doc, we'll go to you last so you have time to think about what you thought was the best three matches uh, from this week. As per usual, Chrissy Love, you know how many I'm going to give. I'm going to give five <sighs> as per usual because I watch a whole bunch of wrestling. Watch too much, <laughs> my, my missus says. Uh, but honorable mentions. Your life is week. wrestling. Same. My wife says the same. I think <laughs> too much wrestling. Wrestling and power. <laughs> Wrestling and power. Power is good. Awesome. Um, honorable mention Speedball and Teton, as well as uh, Roderick Strong versus Chris Jericho from AEW Dynamite. Now, my number five, I got from ROH TV Kingdom versus uh, Darius Martin and Action Andretti. Crazy fight without honor match that actually got over this makeshift tag team. Uh, Speedball Mike Bailey versus Taji Shimori from day seven of Best of Super Juniors is number four for me. Number three, 
uh, Francisco Akira versus Robbie Eagles from day three of the best of the super juniors. Number two, Hiromu Takahashi versus TJP from uh, day seven of the best of the super juniors. And number one, Hiromu Takahashi versus Leo Rush from day three of Best of Super Juniors. Just Best of Super Juniors. Go out and watch it. So All many great it. Every single day. Chrissy Love, what was your three or five from this past week? Um, I have three. <laughs> uh, nothing crazy. Uh, from Impact, I have the Trinity debut against, uh, uh, what's the girl's name? Dave, you just Tyler said King. it. Uh, yes, that's number three. Um, number two would be... Um, I want to say it is the – I'm going to give it to the uh, women's tag match on AEW, um, which was uh, the uh, Rejects versus um, – The Outcast, not the Rejects. The Outcast. <laughs> <laughs> Tell, them how really Tell us how you really feel. Tell us how you're that's not how I really feel, but yes, it's the closer name. Sorry, that's the name that came into my head. And then <laughs> number one. <laughs> Sorry. Um, then number one, I'm going to give it to um, uh, uh, the debut of, and, and I'm not really a fan of theirs, but they are making me be fans of theirs. Pretty. This is SP's group, Pretty Deadly. Versus um, the the Brill and Brutes. I thought they were hilarious yesterday as in a little uh, vignette when they was like getting the, the fake bowl and they were mixing it in a little mixture. I think they're the hilarious. Recipe. So recipe for yes. success. The recipe uh. to success, mates. <laughs> yes, the little Aussie well, uh, accents. Logo, what's your uh, matches of the week this past week? I didn't. I didn't rank them. I just wrote them down. So sorry. This is in no particular order. But for me, I got to shout out our guy over here at Love Wrestling, uh, Michael Richard Blaze, who did an eight-hour Infinity Gauntlet match this past Saturday. Eight hours straight. I couldn't say match. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't have a match of the week list and not put that man over. My goodness. He wrestled everyone from his uh, wrestling school, the Clandestine Society. It was fantastic. I'm still chipping away at a lot of it, but, I mean, the big chunk that I've seen, fantastic stuff. I can't believe he's still walking. Um, I had the Battle Royal from Raw that we talked about earlier, like I said earlier. Yeah, that was good, yes. A lot of fun stuff happened there. A lot of stories came out of that. Um, I wrote down Big Bill, Lee Moriarty versus uh, Orange Cassie and Darby Allen from Dynamite. That was a lot of fun. Big Bill looks fantastic. Yeah, I wish, I, you had a, I wish you had a better name. Yeah, yeah, no, I hate the name Big Bill. Brad. It just seemed, it just seems so, so soft. Yeah, like Big Bill, and then you look at him like, no, that's the dude that was with Enzo. Like, but I definitely enjoyed that match. But the name's got to go. Um, I, I also name. I thought it was just me. Okay, great. All right. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Trust me, it's terrible. I did have Trinity versus Kylan King. I thought the match was fantastic. It's awesome to see Trinity slash the former Naomi in a wrestling ring mm-hmm. again, doing her Looking thing. Kylan King has been on this trajectory of just the upswing for a while now. And then I have Matt Cardona and Jacob Batu from House of Glory last night. Uh, Matt Cardona won the House of Glory World uh, Championship last night. It was a lot of fun match. Steph Delander got involved. They had a good time. There's a lot of good stuff in wrestling this week. Yes. Mm-hmm. The indie belt collector. Matt the Cardona. indie god. <laughs> the indie god. Hats <laughs> off to him. Uh, Doc, what is your matches of the week? Uh, I know I was just complaining about it, but all three are from Ring of Honor. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Let them know. I hated them, but they were the best. (laughs) So uh, 
I don't remember who said it, but I agree with Action and Dreddy and uh, Darius versus yeah, yeah the, the Kingdom. That was great. Um, a match I am shocked nobody else mentioned. Zack Sabre Jr. versus AR Fox. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the that hell was, out of that one. That was a ton of fun. But I think my top match of the week was Ray Phoenix versus Gringo Loco. That that was just so much fun to watch. It was like a video game. It was literally like a video game. Gringo Loco yeah. has been amazing in Ring of Honor so far. The matchup with like Kingo I thought was better, but this was just as good. Yeah, it it was just a ton of fun and like the way Gringo Loco moves, it just doesn't seem like it should be possible. <laughs> like, it shouldn't he, make sense for that like, guy's size. <laughs> like, did any of you guys actually watch when Laparca was active in WCW? Yes. Yes, I did. Like, yes. Laparca wasn't a cruiserweight. <laughs> Never, like, you could tell he wasn't 205 pounds or whatever. He was more than that, but... Like he moved around like a cruiserweight well enough, and he had that kind of body style. But Gringo Loco does it even better. Full shoot. When I first discovered Gringo Loco, I thought it was a joke gimmick. Like, no joke. I was like, he comes out, and I'm like, come on, this can't be real. And then I watched him wrestle, and the dude's phenomenal. I'm just saying, like, holy shit, the dude knows he's, and then Ray Phoenix is one of my favorites. Well, like, when I first saw him, I'm like, oh, it's, it's actually a white guy. Is this a? Is, is <laughs> this a, and then I was like, "Is this an El Generico tribute gimmick?" Like, and then dude was just going crazy. Um, I think the Vikingo match might have been the first time I actually watched a full match of his. I'd only seen like gifs on Twitter, but yeah, that dude's nuts. So this week's ROH was a really good episode in terms of the action, but it still was crowded. (laughs) We still need to cut down on the matches just slightly, but we'll do rapid fire here for Under Siege. They have a bunch of matches on this card, and it looked like a couple of really good ones. Uh, Starting with you, Pluggo, we'll start off with Nick Aldis making his official uh, in-ring debut on Impact Plus. He's going one-on-one with Kenny King. Uh, Kenny King's been talking trash about him. Who you got, Pluggo? This is Nick Aldis's match to win, right? Like that's the story. They're going Nick Aldis to Steve Macklin. This is what they want to do, but you got to get got to get him a win. Shout out mm. to Kenny King though for being an underrated pickup for Impact. Like he is the guy that you put in this spot to get your guys over to make them look good. So, yeah, I agree. I'm going with Nick Aldis, Chrissy Love. Nick Aldis for the win, friends. Doc. Uh, oh yeah, I mean he's not losing his. <laughs> Unanimous. Yes. Great television. <laughs> We're all in agreement. Trinity Fatu versus uh Giselle Shaw. I think this one is another one. We're gonna be all in agreement. You can't have Trinity lose this fast. I'm going with no. Trinity. Chrissy Love. Trinity. Doc. Yeah, Trinity for sure. I hate well, to go against my girl Giselle Shaw as an honorary quintessential diva myself, but it's Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> I love, it. I love uh, that. Six man tag team action. The design, Diener, uh, uh, Khan, and 
uh, Alan Angels will face Sammy Callahan, Rich Swan, and a mystery partner. I think the mystery partner is going to be a member or a former member of OVE, uh, Jake Crist, or one of the Crest brothers, whichever one isn't canceled. Uh, that one is going to team up with Callahan. Whichever one isn't canceled. Uh, versus it will team up with Callahan and Swan, and they'll get the win. Who do you got, Plugo? I will say I don't think it's Chris who's canceled. I tend to I do tend to like tune out Sammy Callahan stuff. He's just not for me. But mm-hmm. I think ultimately at the end of the day it'll be Sammy and Swan getting the getting the one over on the design. Doc. What what match are we talking about? I don't know. <laughs> team, team Sammy versus the design. design. Uh I'll go with the design because that's kind of a cool name for a tag team. They, they are doing some good stuff. Diener is doing some really fun stuff. Like I just Sammy Callahan just doesn't do it for me, so I tend to like do other things while they're doing their thing. I'm a Sammy Callahan fan because he gave me a good interview. He was energetic. So oh, I'm sure. He, no, I'm yeah. sure he's a great guy. I'm sure he's a great guy. He's a great. He's doing, he's, he just doesn't do it for me. I understand. <laughs> you know, uh, Kristen, who you got? This is the design. Uh, Impact Digital Media Championship, Joe Hendry will defend against Dirty Dangle. Dirty Dangle turned heel on Impact on Access TV, revealing that he attacked Santino. So who's walking out with the Digital Media Championship? I can't go against Joe Hendry, so I'm going with Joe Hendry. Doc, what you got? I I believe in Joe Hendry. I believe in Joe Hendry. (laughs) Plugo, who you got? I'm going with Joe Hendry because justice for Santino. Justice for my guy, Santino. Chrissy? Uh, Same, Joe. We're all going with Joe. Impact World Tag Team Championships. This should be really good. You got Chris Bay and Ace Austin, the ABC, defending the titles against the debuting subculture of Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, the former NXT UK Tag Team Champions, along with Danny Luna making their debut in Impact Wrestling. I'm going with the ABC. Who you got, Chrissy Love? I want the ABC to win as well. I was like, I know the other guys are debuting, but fuck them. <laughs> Doc, Sorry. what you got? <laughs> um, I really didn't have any dog in the fight, but what Chrissy said just totally convinced me. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me cross out my notes here and just say fuck them. Fuck who you got? Uh, I'm going with the ABC here because this is weird. Like we haven't seen any subculture interaction really, and like they have their hands full with the good hands. So, uh, but ABC is on another run, right? An next level run right now, and subculture, fuck them. <laughs> Apparently, let's put it all in our notes. Uh, number one contenders matchup: you're gonna have Moose versus Eddie Edwards versus Jonathan Gresham versus Yua Yuramura versus Alex oh, Shelley wow. versus. Frankie Kazarian, the winner, gets a shot at the Impact World Championship. I'm going with Frankie Kazarian because they've been doing all these interviews for him. Doc, who you got? Um, I know nothing about what's going on, so I'm just going to pick Gresham because I like Gresham. That's fair. Uh, Plugo, who you got? Um, I mean, Frankie Kazarian's the obvious number one contender of the number one contenders for this based on what they do. But I think Alex Shelley would be a lot of fun just for like a throwaway match with Macklin just to have it like, cause I think they're trying to keep the motor machine city machine guns kind of away from the tag picture for a little bit. So 
I could see Shelly sneaking one out here. I'm not super confident with it, but that's what I'm going to pick. Chrissy Love? See, I was going to pick Gresham, but I am going to pick, um, was it Shelly? The one at the end? Shelly? No. Yeah. Yes. Alex Shelly? Yes. Yep. Okay. That is fair. And, and I can't Katie... take Eddie Edwards because my wife said he looks like a can of Monster Energy drink, so I'm not going <laughs> to we were, Ed, we were Edward, watching Edward. last night. Last night, she goes, is he dressed like a can of Monster? And I was like, yes. <laughs> so wait, who's in this match again? Uh, Eddie Edwards, you are your more uh, Jonathan Gresham, Moose, Alex Shelley, and Frankie Kazarian. Anyone but, anyone but Moose. <laughs> that, wow. That's also fair. Um, speaking of Alex Shelley, his Mortar City Machine Guns tag team partner, Chris Sabin, will attempt to become a nine-time X-Division champion as he goes one-on-one with Trey Miguel. I'm going with Trey Miguel in this one, despite Chris Sabin cutting a very good promo on Impact this week. Who you got, Plugo? I mean, he's Chris, somewhere right now, Chris Sabin is still saying nine-time, nine-time. Oh, my. I was like, dude. You could tell he was counting it in his head. The first time he he did it, he he definitely counted it out. And then in that promo, he's like, oh, shit, I forgot one. And he ran out of breath. Um, Ultimately, at the end of the day, I think this match might steal the show on the card because Trey Miguel and Chris Sabin are going to do a fantastic job. I think it's Trey Miguel who's going to pull this out here. But it's mm-hmm. gonna be a it's gonna be a banger. We're gonna be looking back, going, man, that was my might have been match of the night. Doc, who you got? Um, you know, I can't go against Chris Saban. Like, I've been such a fan of him for so long. With going back to like the original Impact stuff that I saw him doing, so I'll just kind of always root for him. I'm He's going to have a hell of a time getting that spray paint off that title, Doc. That's on and there. These are two guys that I've interviewed, so I have no horse in the race. I'm rooting for both of them, but I'm going with Trey Miguel. Sorry. Sorry, Saban. Um, Trey Miguel. Got? Chrissy's going with Trey Miguel as well. And this is probably going to be Chrissy's match of the night right here. Impact Knockouts World Championship up for grabs. Deanna Peraza goes one-on-one with Jordan Grace. If Jordan Grace loses, she cannot challenge for the Impact World title as long as Deanna is champion. I'm going with Deanna Peraza to get the win in this one. And then probably Jordan Grace is going to cost her the title later on and turn heel, finally. Uh, But who you got, Chrissy? Deanna Peraza has to keep it. She has to win. Pluggo? I'm with you. I think it's Deanna. I think this is one of those underlining blessing in disguises of Mickey's injury is like we opened up some pretty interesting things because this Trinity stuff, you could hotshot her to Deanna Trinity pretty quick. And then, like you said, I think Jordan Grace doesn't need to challenge for this title anytime soon. So that'd be a cheap way to keep her out of the picture, but keep her in the picture. And eventually we'll, cause Yana and Jordan Grace is like one of my favorite rivalries. Yeah. They kill it so, every yeah, single every time. Every time. So you could, we they could wrestle every day and I'd be like, yep, sign me up. But it's Doc, Deanna. Who, you, who you got in this one? Uh, Deanna. Deanna unanimous from all of us. And then no finally, love for the juggernaut, man. I, I, finally, another one that I think we're going to be unanimous on. No disqualification. Impact World Championship up for grabs. Steve Macklin going one-on-one with PCO. You can't take the title off of Steve Macklin this soon. So I'm going with Macklin. Who you got, Doc? You know what? Screw it. Give it to PCO. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Canadian national treasure, PCO. Against a heel, 
Army American Steve Macklin. That they, they couldn't have drew this up any better in Canada. Plugo, who you got? <laughs> it's Macklin. I mean, I love PCO, don't get me wrong, but this is a perfect like Scott Scott Demorse just throwing his heavy hitters at Macklin early. It's in Canada. He's gonna get booed out the building, but ultimately get the job done. And Chrissy, who you got? You're muted, Chrissy. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. Um, the champ to retain. <laughs> so you're unanimous as well with Macklin yep. retaining, Macklin. but Impact Under Siege will probably be doing a watch along next Friday, Friday Night Warriors watching Under Siege, SmackDown, and all that good stuff. So join us live for that. But that brings us to the end of this edition of True Hill Heat. Doc, thank you so much. Coming in last minute, coming in for the long haul, staying for the whole show. We appreciate you being our our, our first Iron Man. The Iron Man. Please let the people know, Doc, where they can follow you on social media. And even though you're not on screen, I'm giving you the spotlight with that beautiful Eddie Kingston picture. Yeah, yeah this is another uh, Mel Coleman piece. Um, so the only social media that I really use is Twitter, which is at BR underscore doctor. Uh, all my work is on Bleacher Report. Uh, and occasionally I'll pop up on other people's podcasts because I'm too lazy to do my own. <laughs> <laughs> and we appreciate you for that, sir. Uh, <laughs> uh, any interviews for the people to check out? Uh, I haven't done one in a little while. I think we're waiting until after Double or Nothing. Um, I, I, I don't think it's really a huge secret to talk about this, but AEW recently changed the person who handles all their media. So I think he's just taking a little bit of time to get settled in. And so I'm not like bothering him with any requests until he, <laughs> he's got it. everything figured out, you know, <laughs> thank you so much, doc. We appreciate you. And Pluggo coming in the hey! pitch hitter, the closer for the show. Special oh, guest. Please man. let the people know where they can follow you. First and foremost, thank you for having me. This was definitely a bucket list thing for me to be on here. So I appreciate you guys having me. Um, you can find me at Plugo underscore on Twitter and at Plugo Loves Wrestling on Facebook, Instagram. And what's that other one? I'm already TikTok. TikTok. I always forget about that one. I don't do a ton over there, but anyway. And then you can find me every Thursday night at 8 p.m. on Love Wrestling at Love Wrestling CA doing Between Two Beards with my amazing co-host, JPJ. He's a he's a Stone Cold killer. We kill it every Thursday night. Um, and also on Saturday mornings now uh, for Exposure with Blair Pacheco of the Grainmaker Podcast talking about independent wrestling. I also have an interview with Jack Pride, the man of two minds, coming out on Love Wrestling's Patreon. That is all the stuff you can find me at for now. And then who knows? Like, Doc, I pop up here and there. Awesome. Won't be the last time we have Plugo or Doc on this show because yes. they were great today. And Chrissy Love, you're here every other week. Please let the people know uh, where they can follow you on social media and what That's you got going nice, on. Just... Um, <laughs> I was a chaperone. Stop it. Um, anywho, um, Chrissy Love underscore one is on IG and Twitter. Twitter is uh, True Hill Chrissy Love. Uh, other than that, you can follow me by my name. I did an interview with uh, Tom from Tom Talks Rubbish. So please check that interview out and uh, go give it a like and a subscribe to him. He's a very nice guy. Very good to talk to. Very cool. Um, other than that, Serving Face and Hills should be back. No, Roundtable is next week. Um, so Tomorrow? TPD. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm available. It yeah, it depends. It depends on on Stephanie Hype's condition. So we'll yes, find out. She's not feeling on... well. My tag partner's under the weather. So yeah. We'll find out very, very soon. Very but soon. You can Other than that, me. I'm here every Saturday, 11.05 for True Hill Heat. I do watch-alongs. And, yeah, next week's going to be a good one. Saturday-ish, yes. Yes, next week's going to be a big one. Uh, we'll be here at 10.05 a.m. Eastern Time because WWE Night of Champions starts at 1 p.m. So we'll be here oh, be, one yeah. hour earlier uh, for, for our – yeah, we'll be here at 10.05. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter machine at TrueHillSP3. You can follow the gang Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TrueHillHeat. Patreon.com forward slash TrueHillHeat. $3 a month gets you in the door. More exclusive content, plus much, much more. And join us live here tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern time, our NJPW Resurgence watch-along. We'll start a full week because we got the preview for Night of Champions coming up on Tuesday. Wednesday, we got a Battlegrounds preview for... For NXT and then Friday we got AEW double or nothing uh preview for all the wrestling going down next week it's gonna be a busy one but thank you so much to all of our special guests Scott E Wrestling Steven Jensen Pluggo and of course the Iron Man Doc Chris Mueller and of course Chrissy Love the princess of all the true hills it is me it is me your true hill phenom sp3 this has been true hill heat 226 Punk's steel breaking point. We are signing off until next time. Later.